0: What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 113, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am wearing a Vegas Golden Knights shirt. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's wearing a Vegas Golden Knights hat. How you doing? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. I have something that I have to bring to the table to you that I didn't write down on the sheet because I wanted it to be completely authentic, your reaction to it. All right, let's hear it where do you stand this is important stuff like this is how lives are saved (laughs) where do you stand on funyuns i love funyuns one of my favorite chips what you love them like mount rushmore chip
1: absolutely
0: wow (laughs) it might be like
1: it might be up there as like one or two wow
0: See, I had a feeling. Uh, I had a feeling you liked them. I love them. I mean, I'm of the opinion like, Funyuns. First of all, it's the ultimate like stoner guy chip. Like, I just complain there's not enough in the bag. Th- there's, you know what? I, that's my complaint with like a lot of chips lately. That's the only thing Pringles hasn't fallen off of. Like, you know that that tube is filled to the top. I like mm-hmm. Pringles too. <laughs> but like i like all chips there's no chip i like don't there's nothing not to like about most of these chips you know what i'm saying like oh, yeah. like people love sun chips they're not i know you love sun chips yep, they're, they're they're not my favorite but like they're fine right they're they're chips there's nothing not to like about them so like i the Funyuns conversation though skylar says i re- used to really like them as a kid and i just got sick of them sometimes if you eat a certain chip Too much. (laughs) Tom says Funyuns suck. (laughs) Except he said (laughs) Funyums. They're so good. I just feel
1: like with them, more than any other chip, there's all air.
0: You want to know where this came from? Of picture went viral. Of Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles angels carrying a bag of Funyuns and he was dummying them on the airplane. And he's wearing this like probably $10,000 suit and he's just crushing like, and it made me think like Shohei Otani eats the stoner man's chips. You know, those, those are like the ultimate, like you're in college, you just got done, done hitting the fucking Bongzilla that your friend came up with or whatever. And then you eat some Funyuns and Shohei Otani has that in common with those guys. I respect so, it. I, so do I. I like when I see, like, pro athletes who are, like, you know, as great as Otani is and he's about to sign a half a billion dollar contract after this season. Like, he just enjoys himself some Funyuns every now and again. And I, I myself am a medium Funyuns fan. You know, I like them a lot. They're good. I think I'm with Skylar that I enjoyed them more when I was, like, a kid kid because I'm, I'm, I'm a kid. Like, I'm wearing a Stark Industries hat with a hockey shirt. Like, I'm a kid. But, like, you know, when I was a young kid, I liked them more. I think flame and Hot Funyuns are underrated because, you know, if you like that flame and Hot flavor, you throw it on the Funyun. And I stand by this. Flame and Hot Cheetos don't taste like normal Cheetos with flame and Hot on top. It tastes like an entirely different chip. Funyuns... Flamin' Hot taste like flame Flamin' Hot Funyuns. You get what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like you could taste the original Funyun when you eat a Flamin' Hot Funyun. You can't taste the original Cheeto when you eat a Flamin' right. Hot Right. So, like, that that's my enjoyment out of Flamin' Hot Funyuns. Um... But, man, I'll tell you, Funyuns. And so this Shohei Otani picture, they started discussing it on one of the morning shows I like to listen to every now and again. I listen to it more during the football season. I don't know what made me throw it on yesterday during, like, the end of the basketball playoffs because that's what they mostly talk about at this time of year. And baseball. But um, is the David Kaplan-Jonathan Hood morning show. And they were just – Cap had never heard of Funyuns. He, <laughs> thought Otani, he thought Otani was carrying a chip, like a Japanese chip. And I was like, what a frickin' boomer," and he starts talking about how he likes pita chips and stuff. Which pita chips are fine, but like they're not funyuns. Funyuns. <sighs> funyuns are good. I want to enjoy some funyuns with you, Frank. All right, let's get them when we're on vacation. I think when we go on vacation, we're gonna eat some funyuns. I will. I didn't know you like them that much. Oh so. yeah, I
1: choose them over anything. If it's that and sun chips, it's very tough for me. I don't. I don't know which one. It's like which whatever flavor of
0: sun chips though? Garden salsa. The red bag. Yeah. Okay, those are good. I think. If what are my favorite sun chips? If Probably it's green. Between those
1: two, it's very tough. Do you like I the- love. Yeah, I love any um, sun chip. There's none that I really hate. The ones that are not real sun chips, there's like a couple like made from black beans. Oh, like sun chips—they're not that good. I mean, they're not like part of the actual sun chip family. I mean, it is part of the family, but not part of like. The way normal sun chips are made. Yeah. The wheat or whatever. Those are kind of disgusting. But my ranking would go Garden Salsa, Harvest Cheddar, the Sour Cream and Onion, and then Original. But I love Original. It's nothing against it. Something's got to be last.
0: It would be last on mine, too. We might have the exact same ranking except Flip 1 and 2. I would probably put Garden Salsa second. And Harvest Cheddar one, because I forgot about Harvest Cheddar, the orange bag, which oh, yeah. I said green would be my number one, and now I'm thinking about it being my number three. Green's good. Yeah, they're they're all good. I like plain. I would rank plain of any chip last though. I agree. I can't think of a chip where the plain are my favorite. Even Doritos, like nacho cheese, even though those aren't the original Doritos. But not, fun fact, not a lot of people know that. Um, but they're the a standard cheetah or Dorito now. Mm-hmm but I, I they'd be like low, low tier doritos for me. I'd rather spicy nacho. I would rather cool ranch. I would rather the purple bag. Um, there are lots of you know plain there's, there's
1: new barbecue doritos that I've Ooh. never tried yet
0: either. Ooh, I would like to try those. My favorite the, I just tried the ketchup doritos, which you know ketchup chips are like very popular in Canada. And I'm not the biggest ketchup guy of all time when it comes to the condiment. On like, you know, I don't put it on a hot dog. It's fine on a burger, of course. Um, But I love ketchup chips. They're outstanding. And I can't wait till like Americans start eating them more and realizing how good they are. Um, But I tried the ketchup Doritos. They were really good. Someone on Twitter put the hot, hot mustard Doritos, a picture of that bag on Twitter and said they were delicious. Those are my number one Dorito. Blazing Buffalo Ranch. We used, like to them. Them. we used to eat that at the NIU tailgate. That's like a, really good. a powder blue bag, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Hundred percent Number one Dorito. I'm still
1: waiting. So if anybody finds this in their bag of chips for funyuns, I've yet to see the day where there are two completely interlocked Funyuns that aren't broken. Like it's oh. always like it's always like they're interlocked, but there's a piece missing. To where I could unloop it. But I've yet to see where there's two interlocked funions, like chain length, where you can't separate them without breaking the chip. I've yet to see that.
0: Why is that possible to happen in your brain, though? I don't know. Why is
1: it not possible? Because
0: I would just think they were all developed separately. Like there would be no chance for that to happen. I would assume that the whatever the wheat dough or whatever you would call it gets put in like a ring. And so it would be impossible for that to happen.
1: You don't think there's been any, like, weird malfunction where you get that rare chip? Or I just
0: blocks. can't see a world where that's possible.
1: Foster says, never seen that. I've been looking for 40 years. I'm waiting for it. It might happen one day.
0: There'd be some tomfoolery going on, like somebody did it on purpose at the factory.
1: But that's fine. If it came in my bag of chips, that's like a, a million-dollar photo.
0: It's like pulling the golden ticket out of the Willy Wonka Seriously. box.
1: Seriously. <laughs> I'm all for it. So if anybody happens to come across it, Foster, forty years, if you another forty years go by and you happen to find it, I'll gladly uh, take a DM of the picture because I'm I really want to see it.
0: Yeah, um, Tom had a an onion ring that looked like a penis.
1: Yes, he did at Bulldogs.
0: I, I do when need to see to that to,
1: picture. When we used to go to Bulldogs, he's got the picture of
0: it. I do need to see the picture. That needs to appear on my phone before we get to the end of the first period that I haven't he even says, declared you yet.
1: He said, you should show Vinny my pick of the penis on your ring. Well, I don't have it. You have it. Yeah. We're going to have to show him.
0: I need to see that. Um, see, fox. He, fox, he,
1: fox. Says, he says, I look in every bag I open. Seriously. Is, this, is it like people who enjoy Funyuns, I think, actually look for this type of thing? Because every bag I open, I look for the same thing.
0: Maybe. I mean, is it, is it maybe okay. Has it been seen, though? And that's why people like. No, it's never been
1: seen from what my knowledge. I mean, I haven't done research on it. But
0: huh. I'm going to do some research on it. I'm curious why Foster. If Foster's this into it. Well, Foster says. <laughs> <laughs> Foster says he's been looking for 40 years. In those forty years, Foster, have you ever gotten to try ketchup chips or all dressed chips? Like they're—it's a Canadian right, all thing. Dressed. All dressed is probably my number one favorite kind of potato chip, but I can't claim them as my number one because I can't go to the store and get them whenever I want because I live in the United States of America. But I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, Thomas Gage says Bulldogs two dollar Tuesdays were the shiz.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we're talking about the same Bulldogs because the Bulldogs I'm talking about, it's like this little burger diner restaurant that's no longer there anymore. But I know there's a Bulldogs restaurant that you enjoyed, Ben, with some wings and nearby. Yeah. That's there not- was
0: one There was one in Bo- Bloomingdale and there was one in St. Charles, as far as I knew. And there's then the one lot. in was that it's not even Mundelein, the one that Wakanda. we went to Wakanda. Wakanda forever.
1: And now they're no longer there, which is yeah. a shame.
0: It is a so shame. I really this, enjoyed the, the Scarlet Johansson burger. Yeah, so good, so good. Twisted That's
1: Burgers, good. like their sister restaurant, which they have the Black Widow. Same thing. Same we need to again. go try it. I've been there multiple times.
0: Oh, we need and, to go there soon,
1: and it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, we need to go there soon, like as soon as possible. Um, man, what a conversation about Funyuns can lead to. All dressed chips and ketchup chips need to come to the USA, though. I would be all in on All Dressed Foster. I don't know how to describe All Dressed Chips. They're like a mix. This is going to sound fucking crazy. It's like a mix of barbecue, um, salt and vinegar, and ranch. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I have no idea how to describe it. They're just freaking so sweet. All Dressed Chips. Unbelievably tasty. Need them in the U.S. of A.
1: Maybe one day.
0: Maybe one day we, we need that. Yeah, you could order them. Um, we also need Tim Hortons in Illinois. I know New York got one. Michigan New has York. a couple. I'm pretty sure New York got one. I thought you said New York. No, New York. I was like, what's New York? New York. When I say a fast, it might sound like that. Um, like Chicago, Boston, those – places need a Tim Hortons. There's enough hockey love here to have a Timmy's. And I've never had it in Canada because I've never been to Canada. But I've had it in Michigan multiple times. Um, yeah. Bulldogs was an alehouse in Roselle. Had yeah. great burgers. That's the one. That's the one I met when I said Bloomingdale.
1: Yeah, that's not the one I was talking about. Yeah.
0: I guess it probably is Roselle, actually, now that I think about it. It was by the Roselle train station. I don't know why I said it was Bloomingdale.
1: I've had to be there once, but it doesn't. You did. Really
0: you doesn't. did. Yeah. We went there for sandwich Saturday one time. Did we really? Yeah. Um, they had like a, I remember they had like a breakfast burger that we all got.
1: Oh.
0: yeah. Or at least I got it. They had a breakfast burger and it was like a cheeseburger, but the buns were waffles and it had syrup and bacon and cheese. It was fantastic. Interesting, yeah. They're still there. I used to, yeah, I think so. I used to skate at the Roselle Skate Park. That's right down the road from there.
1: Hmm.
0: And there's a McDonald's. Uh, There was a Piggly Wiggly. I don't know if it's there anymore. It might be. Um, But yeah, good stuff. Good stuff on the Bulldogs. If you name your place Bulldogs, it just better not suck. That's all I got to say. Like that's a high level name. Yeah, I think it is impossible. Like if you're gonna have a stinky restaurant named after like. A dog, it's gonna be like you know a Yorkie or a poodle or <laughs> a freaking one of those annoying little dogs. Um, yeah, Thomas Gage. My grandparents to this day live in Roselle. I had plenty of time. I went, uh, dude. I was baptized, and I'm not the mo- most you know religious person of all time, but I was baptized. Reconciliation. And confirmed at St. Walter Church in Roselle. And my mom and went to Lake Park and all her sisters. Yeah, I know plenty of uh, Roselle knowledge. Kind of a shitty town, though. I well,
1: wouldn't say so. Not necessarily. No,
0: it's not. I just... I like Bartlett better. Maybe it's the rivalry. Could little, be. Little Bartlett, a little Bartlett-Roselle rivalry. Yeah, a little bias. Because I... There was a point where I lived in Bartlett, worked in South, Al- worked in Streamwood and went to school in. Um, Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, it was, you know, we're we're familiar with the northwest suburbs here on Bar Down Talking Hockey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Frank, speaking of Hawk. It's time. Is it? It's time to dive into it. You're probably happy as shit on one side. Mad as fuck on the other.
1: It's all right.
0: We're going to dive into it. All oh, this is the show where we, you know, let our tears ride. I did last round. Um, but we got a lot of good goodness that's coming out of this, too. And we will talk about it in period number one. Welcome to period one, Frank, where we're going to talk about the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. The first four games... Of the round, the first two in each series all went to overtime. Mm -hmm. But they were all won by the same two teams, and that allowed each team to take a stranglehold on the series. I got to tell you, it's starting to look like it's working in two different favors, but the games have been closer than the series (laughs) scores would suggest, I would say. There's only been one non-close games out of the six that have been played, but we'll start off – with those red-hot Florida Panthers who are a up 3 nothing series over the Carolina Hurricanes.
1: Sergey Bobrovsky. Man, oh, man. The story of the playoffs, probably. This man, I say it every week, I'm going to say it again, is back to Vezina Bob and maybe something even greater than that. Like, it feels like destiny similar to like when Vegas made it all the way to the Stanley cup in their first year and then lost. I mean, maybe that's the same thing that happens. They beat the hurricanes and then they, they lose in the Stanley cup final, but it just, it almost just seems like they're destined right now. Bobrovsky's a brick wall. He's standing on his head. He stopped 132 of 135 uh, shots on goal from that. The hurricanes have given, they've only scored three times in the series and it just, it, it's almost like they're cursed when they get to this point in the playoffs. They haven't won a conference final game since 2006 when they won the cup. Which I was stunned because I don't remember them. I, thought, I didn't think they got swept last year.
0: Well, they didn't make it last year. But the year before, did they get swept? They got swept by the...
1: They didn't make it? I thought they played the Rangers in the conference no, final. No,
0: the, the Lightning did.
1: Oh, that's right. That's
0: but the year right. before, they were certainly in it, and they got swept?
1: Yeah, they haven't won a game. I mean, what?
0: I feel like this is their third <laughs> appearance in the conference final in the Ajo-Taravainen-Svetshnikov era.
1: Check that. I don't know. No, that it, sounds. you
0: might be on to something there. They, Holy haven't, shit.
1: they haven't won a conference final game since back in 2006, and the year they did, they won the cup. And, you know, if that is... Maybe they need one under their belts, and if they get one under their belts, they'll be fired up. I don't know. It it just seems like they're ready to explode for four goals since they haven't been able to score in this series. But credit to the Florida Panthers and Bobrovsky. They've been playing some great hockey. I've never
0: seen a goalie do what Bob's doing. Jonathan Quick came in and won the Conn Smythe Trophy in 2012. Vasilevsky has won the Conn Smythe Trophy. But, like, they had fucking good seasons that year. Mm -hmm. And, like, they've, you know been good goalies in their career leading up to when they were, you know, Conn Smythe trophy winners. But Brovsky was one of the best goalies in the NHL for most of our youth. And then all of a sudden he starts to taper off after signing the big contract with Florida. Alex Lyon got them into the playoffs.
1: It's unbelievable.
0: Not only did Buddy fucking Robinson keep the Hawks from having the best odds at the lottery, which worked out in their favor, it also kept – the Florida Panthers alive if the Penguins win that game Florida doesn't even make it to the playoffs that buddy Robinson goal changed the course of four NHL franchises crazy we'll we'll get to that but um I I just I can't believe what Florida's doing Stanley Cup uh, best odds to win the cup in the first round the Bruins Florida beat them Best odds to win the Stanley Cup in the second round, Toronto. Florida beat them. Best odds to win the Stanley Cup to start the third round, Carolina. Florida has a 3 nothing series lead over them. It's just It feels like a team of destiny. I don't know how things are going to be for them once they get to the Stanley Cup final. I do think they're going to be in contention for a long time now because even though they had, like, a medium year after being the President's Trophy winners the year before, they were still the President's Trophy winners the year before, and now they're going to be a Stanley Cup finalist this year. I have no reason to think that they won't have sustained success for a long time. Matty Kachuk's not going anywhere. Aaron Ekblad's not going anywhere. Um, Brandon Montour, an absolute G. He's probably been their number one in the playoffs, not going anywhere shit, Bobrovsky's not going anywhere and who knows what happens with Spencer Knight if they can continue his development starting next year. You know, the they're, they're a really good team. They have Reinhardt and, you know, this Lindell kid is outstanding and you know, I I just think they're going to be pretty good for a long time and man, I'm excited about the Florida Panthers. Dude, I don't know what's going to happen in the Stanley Cup final. I can't wait for it to start. I believe it's going to start on the 31st, which is 1 week from today, which is fucking beautiful that the game one of the Stanley Cup final will be a bar down day. That is just outstanding news. Um I'm I'm pumped. I think Florida and listen, I like Carolina. It would have been cool to see the team that beat the Devils go on and do this thing and you know, represent the Metropolitan Division well. But it's nothing really even against Carolina. I don't think they've played all that pity they can't score. But part of the reason they can't score is Florida's forcing a lot of one-and-done shots, and Bobrovsky hasn't given up, you know, too much. So Carolina Hurricanes forwards don't have a five-on-five goal. Yeah, that's insane. I think that's fucking unbelievable. Actually, who scored? Did anybody score? No, nobody scored for... Carolina in their most recent game. They lost one nothing. So, yeah, that point still stands. No five-on-five five goals from a forward. Just crazy. And, you know, they, they squeaked into the playoffs. They, they were this last team to make it, 16 out of 16. And here they are, one win away from the Stanley Cup final. You want to know
1: what else is crazy? Awesome. That the Carolina Hurricanes had a 90% penalty kill going into this series. They have an 80% penalty kill in this series, but the two, they're like eight for 10, I think. But the two goals that they let up were game winning power play goals for Florida, which is just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, that is unbelievable. I mean, and Matthew Kachuk, right? Like, we're going to get to our Con Smythe trophy rankings, but like, this dude, this dude is off the hook. He has taken that next step. And when he was drafted, I think it was like, eighth overall or whatever, I was like, damn, Maddie Kachuk, he's going to be sick because we knew about him. He was on that great world juniors team that won the gold like back when, you know, I'm pretty sure he was a world junior gold medalist. I know he played. I remember seeing him, Um, you know, all those guys when we first started getting into hockey outside of the NHL because we've been hot NHL fans for a long time now. But you advance your knowledge to the next level when you start learning about prospects and watching the world juniors and, you know, all those things that we've gotten into Matthew Kachuk was kind of in that like first wave of me being a part of that. And so seeing him explode into what he's become, I do think similar things are on point for Brady in the coming years too because Brady's like a year or two behind him in development and about the same path. Two players in the NHL this season had 80-plus points and 100-plus penalty minutes. It was the two jackass Kachuk brothers. And so, you know, they're going to be two top 10 players, two top 20 players in this league for a long time. One of them's a win away from the Stanley Cup final. And do you remember, they were, like, really, really cold for a minute there in, like, early March. Mm -hmm. And we were like, this team's done. And the Kachuk's dad, Keith Kachuk, they call him Walt, he goes on the radio and, like, shits on the Panthers and says that he watches Ottawa a lot because Brady's on it, and that team has far less talent. And they still play better because they're not a bunch of pussies is basically what he said. Well, now – here we are all these months later. He says that. They go on a run with Lion and Net. They're dominating through the playoffs, and here they are in the Stanley Cup final. Like, wow.
1: Sometimes just, you just need a fire under your ass. It,
0: it, it's so true. And I'm just like, holy crap. The, the turnaround started by Keith Kachuk and all that. It's just, wow. I, I'm, I'm impressed with the Florida Panthers, dude.
1: Walt deserves a ring if they win. Walt probably will get a ring if they win.
0: You think so? I don't think so. No, maybe not. I don't know. I just think uh you know F- Florida feels like a team of destiny, but so does the next team we're going to talk about and I want your opinion on this. Thomas says as everyone said Flames swindled the Panthers in the trade. Literally didn't see one person say Florida won it. Didn't we agree that Florida won it though? I think so. We agreed that Florida won it.
1: Because Calgary was missing some pieces, they let go. Or no. Who'd they, let, who'd they get rid of? Now no,
0: that? they only gave up Kachuk, really. Oh, they lost Goudreau in free agency. That's but, what I'm thinking of. But they got Montour and Huberto. And if Huberto was Florida Panthers Huberto this year, no one would be ripping on the trade. What mm-hmm. I think we were proud of Calgary for doing is not just saying "fuck it" and rebuilding because they had to trade Matty Kachuk. Mm-hmm. They knew he wasn't re-signing and they had to trade him. So instead of saying like "fuck it," we're going to rebuild. We are going to get Huberdo and um, Uyghur for Kachuk, and that's on paper a really good trade. I think Huberdeau will be back to being his normal self next year. I really do, because that happens a lot when guys get traded. Um, you know, sometimes it takes them a minute to get their shit together, but I don't know. I, I I do think the Florida Panthers won the trade because they got the best player in the trade. But I think for the circumstances, Calgary did all right. Don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, they did. I'm there, There's a lot that needs to change there as well. Um, they got Kadri, which was big. Something else we kind of speculated what might happen. Uh, I, I don't think that Huberto on Calgary is going to be like a downfall for them. I could see them rebounding. I could see him having a great year and pulling that team just like Kachuk's doing with the Panthers. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think they're fine either way.
0: Yeah. They fired Daryl Sutter, who I think was kind of the problem. They didn't play. I
1: like Daryl Sutter.
0: Too. I like Daryl Sutter, but he needs a Kopitar and a Carter and not Huberto. And, you know, Tom can't stand him. Who? Sutter?
1: Sutter yeah.
0: Oh, I mean, he's kind of a. D hole, but like, I don't know. I think, I think with the roster Calgary has, they'll benefit from like an offensive minded coach and like, let the guys play, you know, Daryl Sutter's kind of like John Tortorella. You got to play like a hard nose game. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, go in there and, you know, for check and where, you know, Huberto will probably be allowed to play his sweet game where he makes his silky passes and have 60 assists, you know, or 70 assists like he did with the Panthers. I do think that'll change next year and, you know, they'll be back to being in contention for the postseason. Um, I think both teams got what they needed out of the trade based on circumstances. The best player went to Florida. So you can are, and they're in, about to be in the Stanley Cup final. So I guess you could say they won the trade. But Calgary, they do, they took advantage of a shitty situation because it was either take Huberdeau and Uyghur or rebuild and collect first round picks and tank for Bedard. And, you know, they probably wish they tanked for Bedard this year and then tried to get back at it next year, like Columbus. But because I think Columbus will be okay next year. Um, I don't know.
1: Florida that's it's unbelievable
0: and you know what sometimes just a couple good plays from your star forwards we've seen you know Reinhardt and um freaking Kachuk and some of the other players that lead the way in Florida come up with big plays for Hagee oh my goodness for Hagee these guys are sick and they've been getting good goaltending with good D in front of them who is Radko Gudis all of a sudden I mean, like, just the way this guy has been an absolute barbaric warrior mm-hmm. in this stuff, that's why Florida's where they are. And, you know, that's why any given team can win any given year. If your team makes the dance, it's not impossible. It's were down
1: hockey so exciting.
0: They were down 3-1 to in the series to the Bruins, and Brad Marchand had a breakaway in Game 5 with 10 seconds left. If he scores on that breakaway, the Bruins win. They go to round two and play the Leafs. You never know what happens there. And this conference final is either Carolina versus either Boston or Toronto. Like, I don't know, man. It's weird. No it's clue. So weird. They are. Um, over on the western side of things, the Vegas Golden Knights have a three to nothing series lead over the Dallas Stars. The first two games like the other series, ended in overtime. But the difference between this series and the other series is game three was not close. On the scoreboard, the Vegas Golden Knights won the game four to nothing. Um, Jonathan Marcheseau, who in the last three days has become a top five con Smythe guy. I, I wouldn't have had him in the top five until three days ago. And now here we are. They have a one-nothing lead in this game. Jamie Ben makes the stupidest, dumbest, dummy, McDumb, dumb, stupid, stupid, idiot face, dumb, take the C off his sweater, dumbass play, where he decides that Mark Stone's face is exactly what needs to be cross-checked with his stick in that exact moment while he's down on the ground. And... He takes a five-minute major and a game misconduct, puts Vegas on the power play. They score on the five-minute major, which you only ever – you can't count on more than one from a five-minute major. I know people think you should score multiple. You get one on a five-minute major, you did your job. Um, and they go up 2-0, and then a minute after the penalty expires, the fourth line comes on the ice because they're the freshest line because the other three lines were out there for the five minute major running a power play. The fresh fourth line comes out and they score a goal. William Carey a three nothing golden Knights. And then Dallas really starts to carry play. Dallas is dominating. They outshoot them to absolute hell. And then the second period, they take another penalty. And Vegas, it was one second after the penalty expired that Alex Petrangelo gives them a 4-0 lead, takes the sails out of any momentum Dallas had started building. Dallas ended up out shooting them 2-1, to one, but it didn't matter. Aiden Hill was able to make the saves. It's a lot easier to play goalie when you're up 4-0. And, man, just an absolute beatdown by Vegas in yeah. Game 3.
1: You know, I'm stunned that the series is this lopsided right now. Uh, I thought it would have been a lot closer, but Jamie Benn completely derailed the Dallas Stars in game three. I mean, you can't be that stupid in what's a must-win game, knowing that if you lose, you're going to be down 3-0, and the odds of you coming back down 3-0 are very, very slim. But it just seemed after that moment, Ottinger was kind of deflated. He wasn't playing his best hockey. Carrier's goal – or Carrier's goal um, – that he let up was you know just a weak backhand that he should have stopped and what we've seen from Ottinger in the playoffs so far, he wasn't playing like himself. I mean he's been pulled like what three times now but I mean you gotta stop that. That we know Ottinger's better than that. Um it's just it it seems like they were just deflated. They were defeated. They you know I blame Jamie Ben for that loss a hundred percent. And you know and Aiden Hill's been playing great which is good for the Vegas Golden Knights because now they have extra time for Brossois and Thompson to get healthy, and maybe they appear in the Stanley Cup final, um, which they will. I don't think Aiden Hill is going to write out the rest of the playoffs, but, I mean, he's doing the work he's supposed to do. And, I mean, it's just – it's been unbelievable right now. It's just – it's hard to take in because it, it also doesn't feel real. I feel like this series should be a lot closer than it is. I predicted it going seven.
0: I predicted it going seven as well. I do think it's been a close series.
1: It is. That's, a close
0: that's the thing about it. Vegas is up three nothing, and they're probably going to take it. But games one game one, Dallas tied late, and then Vegas won it in overtime. Jamie Benn, of all people, scored with the goalie pulled, and they forced overtime. And then Brett Howden scored in overtime to win it for Vegas. Then in game two, Dallas was about to win, and Jonathan Marchessault tied it with a couple minutes left. I don't know if the goalie was pulled yet, but it was with a couple minutes left. And then uh, Chandler Stevenson won it in overtime. Mm -hmm. So, like, Vegas got two overtime wins in which a goal was scored to tie the game by either team in the final minutes. And then uh, game four, Dallas was probably – they carried the play, certainly. They absolutely carried the play. And, you know, sometimes it's just about finding ways to win instead of playing – you know a certain way, and Vegas finds ways to win. The only thing you said that I disagree with: How do you take out Aiden Hill? He hasn't lost. I I, I would ride him until they until they need to put in Tom Thompson or Broussois. If they need to use one of those guys in the Stanley Cup final, you do. But dude, thirty-two save shutout against the freaking Dallas Stars yesterday. That have Robertson and Hints and Pavelski and. Not Ben, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I think I'd run Aiden Hill. Normally, I agree with you, like with
1: Schmidt. Like, I was like, you run Schmidt, he's been great. But in this situation, I disagree. I don't know. If Thompson or Francois is healthy, you, you pop them back in. You've been cooking. Um, it, it just seems right. In this situation, it just doesn't seem you go with Aiden Hill. He To me, he's too unpredictable.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'll tell you what, though. The
1: Devils did it with Schmidt and then it went, it backfired bad later down the line. He, he he didn't look
0: the same. Yeah. Well, Carolina was just more ready for that series in general. Like, if they were to put in Thompson or Brosois, and they shit the bed and Vegas lost, that would be like, they would want freaking. They probably put Hill back then. The, yeah, but they'd want Brucey's head on a freaking platter. <laughs> Game, Game of Thrones, Ned Stark style. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, wow, that's an interesting thought. But I, Vegas, they, they don't have a hole. I think they're going to win the cup. They that's do. fine with me. i, I just look forward to it. They don't have any holes. Jack Eichel, everybody says they don't have a number one star. They don't have a number one star. What are you talking about? Jack Eichel is a top ten player, in my opinion. I would take him top if I'm starting a franchise from scratch I I still would have Barkov in the top 10. He's been unreal in the Florida Panthers series too and he's confirmed playing tomorrow cuz he was a little hurt two days or today. He was he's confirmed playing today. He was a little hurt from two mm-hmm. days ago. But I would consider Eichel maybe top 15. He's a superstar. He still was coming back from his injury. Um, This season, he had 60-something points. He'll be back to his 100-point self soon enough. I do believe that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, what he's doing in the playoffs proves it. And, you know, that pass he made to Marcia, so yesterday. Oh, my God, the cross-seam pass and Buddy didn't miss. I just think freaking Jack Eichel's so good. And then beyond him, you have Stone, who's just – uh, absolute warrior gets cross-checked in the face by Jamie Ben. He didn't get, he didn't leave the game. And that's part of the reason I think Ben is not going to get suspended. There are people that are talking about that. He is having a hearing with player safety today, but the two reasons I think Ben might not get suspended is because stone stayed in the game and the game misconduct took place at like what? One of the first period. And he was ejected, so he basically was suspended for a whole game. It was just the game that had happened, and he pretty much missed all of that game. So I don't know. We'll see if he gets anything; it'll it'll be one game, one game, or a fine. We'll see. But beyond, you know, back to Vegas, Stone, just absolute warrior. Listen, Wild Bill, Marciusso, and Riley Smith. Um, uh, see, no, I don't think they said that about the Hurricanes because. They did have holes. They had scoring holes by missing Svechnikov, Pacioretty, and Taravainen. That's 100 goals gone. And so you have Aho leading the way in Nietzsche, and they relied heavily on Martinuk in the second round against the Devils. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't feel that way about Carolina the way I feel about it with Vegas. Their biggest hole might be goaltending, and Aiden Hill had a 32-save shutout against a bunch of superstars. And I'm not saying Florida can't beat them. Florida can absolutely beat Vegas. I just think Vegas, if it would be a close series, that Florida would have to find a way to win. You know, you have Marciusel, Smith, and Wild Bill. I mean, the three original Golden Knights. And then Theodore is also one. Those three, though, unbelievable depth for Vegas. And their fourth line is outstanding. I think Barbashev has been an underrated, unreal pickup for them. You know, they make the trade for Stone. They make the trade for Eichel. They signed Petrangelo. Who would be Canada's number one defenseman? Kale McCarr. Petrangelo is probably his partner. I mean, I mean that. Petrangelo – no, they're both right-handed shots, though. They might separate them and put two other people as partners with them. But, like, Petrangelo has just been unbelievable. And Shea Theodore. Wow. You know, the, the depth on their blue line is unreal. And then the goaltending has been as good enough as it needs to be. I just, I can't believe what Vegas has become. It came up on my Facebook memories yesterday that Vegas sealed the deal and they were going to play the Washington Capitals in the 2018 Stanley Cup final. Well, here they are, one win away from their second final in five years. And what is, is this their third or fourth conference final? Uh, is I think it's their third because they lost in the first round to the Sharks in year two. Year three, they made it to the conference final in the bubble.
1: They lost to Dallas.
0: They lost to Dallas in the bubble in the conference finals.
1: In 2020.
0: Yeah. And then in 2021, they – what did Vegas – did they make it to the conference finals? What was the 20 – yeah, they did make it to the finals. They lost to Montreal. Yes, they lost to Montreal in the conference finals because, remember, it was the weird divisions, so an East yeah. team could play a West team in the conference finals. Yes, they did make it that year. And then so that's three. Last year, they didn't. So this this is their – is this their sixth season? Yeah. Okay, so they've made it to the – last year they didn't. They lost to Colorado, right, in the second round. Last year they
1: didn't
0: make the playoffs. Oh no! Yeah, last year they didn't make the playoffs. That's right. And then this year, conference final. They've been in the conference finals four out of their six mm-hmm. seasons in the NHL. It's insane. So I just cannot oh, believe. Yeah, I forgot they lost to Montreal. Remember when Montreal went oh, on yeah. that miracle run?
1: It was on. Un- it's similar to like what Florida's doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah and then Tampa humbled the shit out of Montreal. In the I have a feeling final. that's what's going to happen with Florida. Just get humbled. Vegas, and... went on,
1: Vegas went on the Miracle one Run, lost to the Capitals. Montreal went on, on the Miracle Run, lost to Tampa. Florida's going on the Miracle Run, probably going to lose to Vegas.
0: Only the Kings against the fucking Devils, of course. <laughs> yeah. The one team that finishes it off. <laughs> it happens against that veteran Devils team in 2012. That was yeah. so fun. Yeah another five uh,
1: minute major that kind of screwed the everything
0: yeah. up yep, scoring yep. three
1: goals on the five minute major
0: yeah, there are people that to this day debate whether or not that was a good call you you could look it up and it's it's not agreed just like the Jamie Ben one that I do think the Jamie Ben one is just like, what are you doing <laughs> you know uh debatable boarding penalty, Freaking – What's his name? Steven Giant Not Steven Gianta. Steve Bernier. He wasn't trying to hurt anybody. It was just a dumb hockey play that led to the boarding call. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Vegas, man. I kind of hope. I, I I think Vegas deserves it the most now. I mean, they've been. This is their fourth time in the conference finals, about to be their second time in the Stanley Cup final. Um you know, they lost that Stanley Cup to Washington, but, like, William Carlson and Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith and Shay Theodore, those four have been Golden Knights ride or dies. And then you make the trade for Eichel. Most teams don't have the balls to make a trade for Eichel. Um, most teams don't have the balls to make a trade for Mark Stone, right? Like, sign Petrangelo for all that money because he'll only probably be good for the first half of his contract. Like, eh. I just respect the crap out of them, and, man, what a series this has been.
1: If they win, I'm going to get a shirt, a hat, a bunch of gear. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hell, yeah. He's saying I'm looking forward to it as if it's already going to happen, though. That hasn't worked out well for Bean or anyone in this playoff so far, though. It's okay. You think they'd be favored against Florida?
1: Um, Yeah, they will.
0: I hope not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> going to be favored against Florida. Because
0: then Florida would have been the dog in all four series and possibly won them.
1: Yeah, but
0: they will be. They'll be the dog. Yeah, well, it's going to be fun. We'll know that for sure by our next show. It'll actually be a preview of the Stanley Cup final in our next show. We'll probably have a period dedicated to each team. Um, the third period will probably be less BS. It's going to be like a Stanley Cup final extravaganza. Now,
1: if one of the series goes seven games, we won't know who's in the Stanley Cup final next Wednesday.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) true. It's just very, very, very unlikely. I actually – I don't know. The Celtics kept it from being a first time where the four conference finals between the two sports were sweeps. Um, And it's the first time in history that all four series in the NBA and NHL conference finals – went three zero. Stealed my period three thing. Oh. It's all right. Sorry you you could get more into it then. I didn't have really much to get more into it but yeah <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's funny um but yeah Frank really quick who's been the best player in each series?
1: Well Florida and uh Carolina it's been probably Bobrovsky or Kachuk. I mean Either one, in my opinion, you could argue for. I mean, Matthew Kachuk's got the OTGWG in Game 2 and Game 3, which is huge. But Brovsky's just doesn't let up any goals, only has let up three goals on 135 shots. So, yeah, I mean, either way, you want to argue, I'll side with either one. I mean, flip a coin, really. Most people will say Bob, but... Kachuk having those two game-winning goals in overtime—I mean, that means something too. Because I mean, if he doesn't do that, we don't know where this series is. For the Golden Knights, it's going to be Jack Eichel or Jonathan Marchessault. Clearly, hands down, I agree with you. The way Marsh has been playing lately is just is just been unbelievable. And Jack Eich, Jack Eichel just—if he's not scoring, there's other things he's doing out doing out there on the ice. And
0: yeah, it's one of those two for sure. I'm sure you agree. I do agree um i I would I think it's got to be Brabrowski right now, right? like you know, from that series, um I don't think Fred Anderson has played bad at all. no, he
1: really has at all.
0: he's been great um, and in this other series in the West, yeah, I, I think something has to be said for Stone too. Stone needs to be mentioned as well. I think Vegas kind of has like a big three rolling in right now with their forwards. And, you know, even Barbashev has five goals in the playoffs. Like he's been unreal too, but you know, Eichel's been the driving force. So I would probably say him right now too. Um, there is one player on a team that's trailing the series three, nothing that has been unbelievable. And that's Rupe hints. He's Rupe- my Pat Smith Smythe favorite before the series. Yeah. Before the series. Yeah. Now he's not even in the top five for me because they're down three, nothing like, you know, he would have to help climb his team out of it and then re get back into that conversation for me. Um, when we list off our five here, I have five players split between Florida and Vegas, but, um, you know, which is kind of sad, but that's just the way it is. They're down three, nothing. Um, you know, we will see. Um, but, yeah, I would probably just at the end of the day go Bobrovsky and Eichel. Um, so, go ahead. Do you have, like, a list of your yeah, top a, con Smythe two. trophy? I got three.
1: Number one, and it's obviously all pending on if they win the cup, is Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, it's hard for goalies to win the con Smythe, but it almost feels like a lock that if they were to win it all, he would be the guy that wins it just because he's basically taking the Florida Panthers, who, if you rank all 16 teams, you know, in order from most points to least, they were the 16th seed coming into it and they wouldn't be in this position if they didn't have Sergei Bobrovsky. And if they're going to win the cup, a big reason behind that is going to be them shutting down Vegas or shutting down, dallas whoever it may be and it, it, he's going to be a big reason as to why they win the cup i mean vasilevsky won the cup in 2021 and before that um uh, who was it i think it was jonathan quick in 2012 so i mean goalies don't win it too often but if there was a goalie to win it it would be this year with Sergei bobrovsky another guy matthew kinchuk uh matthew kinchuk the goals he's scored have been big goals this postseason um I know they don't take into consideration regular season, but if they were without Matthew Kachuk, they wouldn't be here in the regular season. And even in the playoffs, if Kachuk was injured for a series, who knows how these series would have gone. I mean, they, they love having this guy on their team. I mean, it's just, you know, they're one win away from the Stanley Cup final. They wouldn't be if he wasn't on this team or if he was injured. So Matthew Kachuk's one of them. And then obviously Jack Eichel's, gonna be the other one and who, in my opinion is the favorite um just because i do think the vegas golden knights are probably going to win the cup now the way these series have gone but um you know on paper they will be the favorite going into the cup in my opinion we just talked about that he leads all golden knights players with 16 points he's got six goals 10 assists but not only is he producing and is in, in the leading score on the golden knights but he does stuff he creates plays. He creates beautiful p- passes that sets up goals, sets up great scoring opportunities. He gets the crowd involved on offensive side and on the defensive side. I mean, he's the clear favorite, in my opinion, if Vegas hoists the Cup. So those are my three picks. Uh, and, I mean, obviously, if there was a comeback down 3-0, that person who helped that team climb out of a three-hole deficit, 3-0 deficit would definitely be in. Consideration as well, which we could touch on More next week, something like that happens
0: I agree Um, I think there are probably like Ten guys Who have like a chance You know, five on each team Four on each team Plus hints, maybe Like And, you know, a big Stanley Cup Final, I do think having a big final Could weigh into some voters' decisions Too, like I, I know it's The entire playoffs, but like performing huge in the the final series should be weighted a, a tad bit. And so, you know, anything could happen for about 10 guys. But I have six for you that I think are like heavy, heavy favorites right now. Like obviously Petrangelo could or Montour could, you know, come up big for their teams in the Stanley Cup final and take it all. But as of right now, from Vegas, it's Eichel, Stone, and... Uh, Vegas has four. Michael Stone, uh Salt, and Aiden Hill. Like, Aiden Hill right now, if he they keep riding him and he keeps getting shutouts or, you know, one goal against games like he has been, mm-hmm. outside chance.
1: Outside, um, I agree.
0: Yeah, I think every goalie entering the playoffs has an outside chance because, like, there are a lot of times you could point to a team and be like, the goalie has been a reason why. And like you said, they don't win it very often. But like they always have a chance. Like Corey Crawford probably came in second for the con Smythe voting at least two of the three cups. Oh, well he was okay. only in for two of the three cups. But he he was top five in con Smythe voting every time, I bet. Same thing for Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray and you know Vasilevsky when he didn't win it. Um, you know, s- stuff like that. Um then for the for the, what are they called? The Florida Panthers? There's only three options for me from them. I know Montour, I said, could have a big series and get in the conversation. But right now, it's Bobrovsky, Kachuk, and Barkov. Those three have been the three best players. Uh, Barkov does it in all three zones. Kachuk lights up the scoreboard, wh- whether he's scoring goals or not. And Bobrovsky is probably the clear-cut favorite of any player in the playoffs. So those are my cons, my f- Um, you know, favorites at this point it probably sounds like we're naming half the team but like when when you're uh when you're only through three series so far and you got the big stanley cup final head there are always guys who are just kind of in the mix and you don't know who's gonna win and right. you know once like let's say vegas wins the stanley cup final we'll probably have it narrowed down to you know or if let's say vegas has a three to one series lead in the stanley cup final we'll probably have it narrowed down to like three or four Golden Knights that have a chance going into the final game. And, like, if you think it's that close between Eichel and Marcia so right now, and Eichel scores a game-winning goal in overtime to win the Stanley Cup for Vegas, he's the Smythe Trophy winner, right? Like, you know, so things like that can happen. Um But, man, I love the conversation. It's fun. Yeah, it it's is fun. so fun. I
1: actually don't think it's close. I think if Vegas wins, it will be Eichel.
0: I do, too, uh, Unless something personally. crazy happens. Marchessault season. has closed the gap, though. Mm-hmm. The, the natural hat trick, goals in the last two games. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do think Marchessault has closed the gap just a tad. But Eichel, Eichel picks up assists like nobody's business. And that's the difference between a guy like Eichel and Marchessault. Mm-hmm. Or like when people used to compare Patrick Kane and Patrick Sharp. Patrick Kane and Patrick Sharp probably were never too far off of each other. Outside of the year Kane won MVP where he had 46 goals. I bet most years Patrick Kane and Patrick Sharp were within five goals of each other. But what makes Patrick Kane better is the fact that Patrick Kane makes everybody around him better. Patrick Sharp is a sharpshooter. He's not necessarily looked at as the driver of the line. You know, that's the difference between Eichel and Marshall a lot of the time. But oh man, Eichel. I hope he wins the cup so bad. So bad. He got boned in the frozen four. <laughs> and you know, I've been, you know, mad ever since. But um yeah, we'll see what happens. Frank, outstanding conference finals conversation. There is some non hurricanes, Panthers, Golden Knights, Stars issues going on in the NHL right now, and we will address them in period number two. Welcome to period two, Frank. How are you? I'm doing good. This is fun. It is fun. I like discussing hockey. It is fun. I will always enjoy discussing hockey. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, you can discuss hockey with Frank and I on Twitter.com pretty much all day, every day, tweeting hockey, baseball. Frankie's tweeting his video game nuggets. I'm doing the White Sox for (laughs) SouthsideShowdown.com. I've had the Stars Golden Night series, too, and I've been enjoying writing about it. It's a fun series to write about because there's lots of action. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to see. Uh, I'll probably have a piece on puckpros.com either later tonight or early tomorrow morning on whatever comes of that complete moron, Jamie Ben. Um, can't wait to see how that's ruled. But, you know, in other NHL news, what a disaster the Maple Leafs have become since our last show. I mean, since our last show, we were both kind of leaning towards them bringing back Dubis because mm-hmm. it seemed like that was what was going to happen. And then Dubas gives a press conference that Brennan Shanahan apparently doesn't like very much. And they end up firing him. He's gone. <laughs> no. He's just fucking gone. And the explanation for it made Maple Leafs fans, you know, crazy, pissed off, annoyed. And oh, freaking Dubas is gone. And the Leafs have no GM. I don't know who they're going to hire. I don't know what that means for Keith. Do you keep, right. like a new GM's probably not going to keep Sheldon Keefe, right? Like they want to bring in their own guy. So it feels like their team. And, you know, whether that's fair or not is to be debated. But, like, I would want to bring in my own guy. I wouldn't want someone else's sloppy seconds, you know, in that scenario. So Steve Dangle went fucking crazy over it. And, you know, like it's just, you know, if this type of thing happened to my favorite team, I'd be in the same boat. But, like, you know, what's, what's your takeaway from the craziness going around the Toronto Maple Leafs? You probably like it, the hater you are.
1: Well, I don't really. It, to me, I don't really care. I, if Dubas is out, that's fine. But, you know, I thought for sure they would lean on keeping him because he stated that if he's not with the Maple Leafs, he doesn't want to go to another team. So, which
0: now we know is bullshit.
1: Well, but he still might take a year off. Which is very possible. I don't know, but you know it's clear that ch- change needed to happen, VP, and whether it had to come in the form of Kyle Dubas being let go, change needs to happen. And I and I agree. I don't think Keith will return. I think a new coach is coming now that there's a new gem come, a new GM coming. I think they're gonna nothing's off the table. So well he said, but now. I'm sure he didn't mean that by him being let go because he says nothing's off the table this offseason for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I mean, a lot of there's a lot of question marks going into next season because what else does this mean for some of the players on the team? What else does this mean for some of the players coming in during the offseason? I mean, there's a lot that needs to be discussed, and it just seems like we're heading into a new era with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which it, it, it needs to happen. I know there's tons of Kyle Dubas fans out there, but sometimes things need to happen in the organization that you don't necessarily agree with. That makes it for the better. And I'm learning for that firsthand as a Blackhawks fan.
0: Yeah, 100%. Now, like, Kyle Dubas did his job, in my opinion. I do think so. Were there some boneheaded decisions? Yeah, I guess. But, like, for the most part, he built this great core and surrounded it with depth. And you know, he tried to fix the goaltending. They didn't like Freddie Anderson, they get Campbell. They don't like Campbell, they get frickin' Morazic. They don't like Morazic, they dump him to the Hawks and give up a first round pick to do it. They get frickin' Matt Murray and Samsonov. And like you know, Dubis he put together a good defense. I'm sorry. I liked Lily grin with uh, Riley and they added Shen and, you know, Muzzin and other guys that they were using throughout the postseason. Um, their forward group is obviously as good as it gets in the NHL, right? Austin Matthews won a heart trophy. He won a rocket Richard. Um, he was the best player in the NHL last season besides McDavid, I would say. Um, you know, William Nylander turned into a superstar. Mitchell Marner turned into a superstar. Tavares was their captain and put up great numbers since coming over from the Islanders. It just didn't work in the playoffs, and I don't know what I would have done differently. And that, and they traded for O'Reilly, right? Like, that move was so stiff. And they traded for Achari. Wow, that worked out well. They traded for McCabe. Great pickup. You know, I, I just thought I just thought everything they did this year was smart and it just Florida took them down. Yeah, you know, it, like I said, and we'll
1: say it many more times this year before next season, change needed to be done. There's not going to be a lot that people agree with. I, I don't know. I mean, I assume the Toronto Maple Leafs bring back Austin Matthews. Makes the most sense a guy like that's hard to let go. And is it Marner that's also a free agent? Who else is like on an expiring contract?
0: No one's on an expiring contract. Um uh, Matthew oh, has like
1: one year left.
0: Matthews <laughs> and Nylander are yeah, okay. a, a, eligible for Landers. extensions on right. July 1.
1: So, who who knows with Nylander too. I mean, we assume both guys come back, but we know that's not always the case. Um I just think that this whole franchise needs renovating. So let's
0: I have take. a take. Let's I have it. a take. I would trade one of Nylander or Marner. No one would take Tavares and Austin Matthews is too good. Austin Matthews, I unless he says I'm not re-signing here, I wouldn't trade him. If he says that, I wouldn't let him pull a Tavares. You can't let your superstar like that go for nothing. You know, that that can't happen, like Tavares with the Islanders. But um, if he agrees to an extension, I would trade one of Matthew or one of Nylander or Marner, get a defenseman, maybe a first round pick, kind of recalibrate it a little bit, Mm -hmm. like kind of like what Washington did. Like they let a couple people go. They, you know, made some trades on defense. They said, see you later to I think they said, see you later to Shattenkirk right before winning the cup. Like, you know, and then he signed with the Rangers. I just there there are little changes, little tweaks you can make. Look at Florida. Mm-hmm. They have Matthew Kachuk, Verhage, and then three second lines. Uh Vegas, they have Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, three second lines. Um the Devils, who are like considered a top five team now. They have Eichel, heisher and three second lines. Mm-hmm. Um You know, I I would still try to improve their fourth line a little bit, but that's we're not getting off on the Devils right now. Um, I just, I I would make a change. You need, you know what they need? They need. I watched the way that Vegas—they have like depth, veterans. Like Phil Kessel is a depth player for Vegas. Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Max Domi are depth players for. Um, the stars. Those are guys who would be number ones on a lot of teams, or at least used to be number ones. Toronto. There's so much shuffling with their like bottom six and like, you know, what is Matthew bunting? Why didn't they utilize him the right way this off season? They just need, I don't, I don't know what they need, but somebody knew a fresh voice is going to come in and do it. Cause Dubis is out. And that leads to the next bullet point. Do you think he lands with the penguins? Like the rumor suggests,
1: I mean, they have permission to speak to Dubas um, about either the president of hockey operations or just as a GM. I mean, it's very possible that they pull him in in some sort of role. You know, initially the Penguins had a GM in place, but that was before Kyle Dubas hit the open market. So everything they were thinking about, like, oh, who's going to be the GM kind of gets thrown out the window, which kind of sucks if you were like right there about to become the GM of the Penguins, it's like, oh, now there's a be- better guy. You want to go get Dubas? Oh, well, screw you then. I mean, the Penguins said they're willing to wait because Kyle Dubas has made it very clear that he's going to do what's best for him and his family, and he wants their blessing, and he's going to discuss things with them, which still leads me to believe there is a chance he takes a year off, like which was kind of what was on the table before all this happened. He, he kind of contemplated it's either the Toronto Maple Leafs or I'm gonna take a year off from the NHL for a little bit. And and that's very well, in my eyes, still in place. I don't know if the Penguins are willing to wait that long if they'll put like an interim tag on a GM this year and then bring in Kyle Dubis down the line, but they're clearly expressing interest in him. And you know, we all saw what Kyle Dublis Kyle Dublis, Kyle Dubas was able to do with the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? I mean, he could do that with the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. The Pittsburgh Penguins are built differently than the Maple Leafs are. So, you know, like I said, he'll be putting his family first and then maybe after a year he comes in, if they're willing to wait that long. I don't know if they are, but it's a very possibility that they are.
0: I think there's a chance Dubis can like quickly get Pittsburgh back into the playoffs. So you don't
1: think there's any chance he takes a year off?
0: I didn't say that. I just think he could get Pittsburgh back into the playoffs if he took that job, like in one year. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin were good. They had a good year for being in their mid-30s. I see no reason that they can't get back in this thing. Do I think they could win the Cup? That, those days might be in the past, but like if they want Crosby and Malkin to play meaningful hockey, Dubas would be a good hire, I think. I do think that, and... You know, we'll see what happens. But if I were him, I'd go there. I'd give it a good old crack. Because. Or no even not to, I guess. It's not a long-term job, I don't think. Unless they did sign him to like a six-year deal and say, okay, you're the GM that, you know, rebuilt the Maple Leafs. Let's have you try and win with this Crosby-Malkin duo for two more years for the duration of Miletang's contract. We'll see what we could get Sid signed to because he's Sidney Crosby's a free agent after next year. Not nobody talks about it. Um, um, he can go there, try to win two more years, and then they'll be like, "Okay, well, you try it for two years, but then you're going to be in charge of our rebuild too. You kind of have a double job here. You're going to rebuild after two years ish, and I don't know." It's intriguing. I think Kyle Dubas is a smart guy. He was 28 years old. I'm 28 when he got hired to be the GM of the Maple Leafs. So we'll see what happens. The fact I'm, that they
1: I'm going to say that he's not going to be a GM this
0: coming year. Okay. Interesting. Another team that's going through some changes, Frank, or at least we think they're going to, are the Winnipeg Wets. Do you think they move a Shifley or a Wheeler or... You know, something Hellebuck, his name is on the table. Kyle Connor's name is on the table. All these guys who are, like, star players have been star players. Winnipeg feels that some change is needed. Will they go through with it?
1: Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. They got the core talent on their team, right? But they just – they aren't producing. And you got to remember Connor Hellebuck, Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele, Nino Niederreiter, they're all unrestricted free agents this year. So – you got to talk to them and say, boys, are we going to get this done or what? whatnot? I mean, you got other talent on your team. Kyle Connor, Pierre, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Nikolai Ehlers, Josh Morrissey. I mean, you got a good team here, but you're just not producing. So it almost feels like, yeah, something needs to be done. And if a contract extension isn't possible for Hellebuck or Wheeler or whatnot, Some of these guys are probably going to be moved on on the fly. I don't think they're going to go through a full rebuild. I think they're going to try and rebuild on the fly just because they do have a ton of talent on their team where they could move a few pieces and still be competitive. Does Hellebuck leave? I wouldn't let him go if I'm the Winnipeg Jets. I think you try to extend Hellebuck and you go out and get a good backup a backup that could play roughly 25 games that could really just take the edge off of Hellebuck. So you're not just putting in this, this huge workload on him and he's, you know, he's your fresh number one and you got a good backup. I think that's the goal here, but you know, the reason why I'm leaning towards, they're going to kind of build on the fly is because Kyle Connor made an interesting uh, statement. He says, I don't think anybody in their mid 20s in this organization is at a point in their career where they'd want to be part of a rebuild. I don't think anybody in that locker room wants to be part of a rebuild or anybody in general. Everybody wants to play for a Stanley Cup contending team. So yeah, that's how I feel about it. And you know, management's going to hear that those comments and going to say, "All right, well, let's see what we could do. Can we rebuild on the fly? Let's let's extend a couple guys and maybe use Mark Shifley as trade bait." He'd be great trade bait, trade him away, extend a couple of these other guys and see what you can get from him and try to rebuild on the fly. Like I said, Riddick isn't expected to be back this year. So go out and get that goaltender, get a little bit of support. So you're not putting so much pressure on these guys and we'll see. I mean, we'll see how many guys they could sign in the process of free agency. If any guys come in, if they extend guys, but there will be changes. I just don't think we're going to see a full-on rebuild. I think we're going to see them try to rebuild on the fly.
0: Devils successfully trade for Hellebuck, conference finals at minimum?
1: It's very possible. I think that he would be a great contender for the Devils because the Devils need that veteran goalie. Hellebuck's that guy, I think. If they could pry their hands off the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But Take if you he cry Hellebuck from the away from the Winnipeg Jets, then yeah, that's a win for the devils. If I'm the Jets, so I'm not letting that happen. I'm not letting them lose Hellebuck because I, I, I do think that like like Kyle Connor said, they don't want to rebuild. This team doesn't want to rebuild. Nobody wants to rebuild. It's no fun. It's no fun playing for a team that sucks. And I think the talent's there. Just use a key. some of the guys I mentioned as trade bait and see what you can get and try to rebuild on the fly because the talent's surely there. And not to mention, Nita Niederreiter, who have come into the Winnipeg Jets, they've shown great chemistry on this team. There's no reason to get rid of those guys. Try to keep them too if possible.
0: We'll see. You got that smug look on your face. I want hella buck. <laughs> I want hella buck. If the devil's got hella buck. I would go into next year saying Stanley Cup or bust. Wow. I don't think it's a lock. Like, I'm not all in on winning the Stanley Cup next year. I'm all in on winning at least one cup in the next ten in the Hughes-Hesher era. Yeah. You know, because, you know, the Florida Panthers, you could run into a team like that and be out in four games. You know, you can't go into every year saying Stanley Cup or bust. But, damn, if they got hella buck, (laughs) I think. I'd I'd be licking my chops for next season. I probably would rush the summer even harder if the devil's really? traded for Hellebuck. I mean, oh my God. If you you got Timo Meyer with Jack Hughes and Nico Heesher and Brat and Mercer and Sharon Govich and whoever else you bring back in terms of the forwards, and then you know, you got Nimich and Hughes and Hamilton. Siegenthaler on the back end, and then you're running a hellebuck Schmid slash Vanacek backup situation. I mean they need a goal, like this should be team. number
1: one priority. I don't know like why they ha- aren't like focusing on this.
0: Well, their number one priority is extending Timo Meyer and Brat.
1: They need a goaltender, they, they need want. a goaltender. If they want a cup in the next ten years, like you said, they need a goalie.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: they're like one goaltender away. And they're just. <laughs>
0: yeah, I do think they're that team, though. They're so good, like offensively, and like they create in such a way. Like they they create odd man rushes better than any team in the NHL. I do think they could win a cup with average to slightly above average goaltending. They just can't have bad goaltending. You know, yeah. I do think they could win with a Kemper type situation. I do. I don't know. It's hard. But, like, Vegas is doing it. Um, Colorado did it. Like, I I believe Jack Hughes, Heischer, Meyer, Luke Hughes, they can be McKinnon, Rantanen, Makar. Like, they they can. I I just do believe that. So, would it help if they traded for Hellebuck, though? (laughs) That's why I'm saying I would lick my chops. Because I believe they can win with average goaltending. Or slightly above average goaltending. I do believe that throw in an elite goalie <laughs> now we're talking it's like possible so we will see i don't know uh, i i think kellebuck might be the only elite goalie on the market this year though trade or free agency like
1: i can't think of any this other.
0: this isn't the year of the goalie in the draft either one's not even going to be taken in the first round not that he would come in and help anyway but oh man, the Devils drafted Tyler Brennan last year, who was, in my opinion, the second best goalie in the draft. Um, I think the Hawks got the third best goalie in the draft last year, too. If I remember correctly, Or I might be thinking of something else, but I don't know. It's fun, though. It's fun to think about. All right. Fun story. Hawks representative wins North American NHL 23 title.
1: I. That's unbelievable. Why isn't it you? I it could be. I, I strongly believe if I I should give it a try next year. I really should. Just lay it all there out there on the table and do it. Samuel wow. cadcooks Landry from Saint Julie, Quebec. Oh. <laughs> represents the Blackhawks in the 2023 or the NHL 23 World Championship. And he won the North American title. For winning that, he gets fifteen thousand dollars in cash, along with the ticket to Nashville to compete in the NHL 23 World Final. The guy Joseph Olmstead was the Red Wings uh, finalist. He will be the other represent uh, the other representative for Team North America, because I believe they each get two. And this guy who won, who was the representative for the Blackhawks, he's no stranger to placing. He actually placed top four in the North American tournament in 2021. Now he gets the chance to compete for a bigger trophy at the NHL 23 World Championship final in June. If he wins, he will get $28,000. Second place is $11,000, third place $7,000, and fourth place $5,000. So either way, the outcome, if he could get top four, I mean, I'd be satisfied with that. So I'm sure he is as well. He's got that 15000 in his back pocket. And uh, I, I do believe if I practice, I could be that good. I really do. I just don't like the way that it's it's come about with the Hockey Ultimate team. So that's that.
0: Hopefully you figure out a way to get over it. Cry me a river, build a bridge, and get over it and freaking start playing and dominating because I believe in you too.
1: Would you come? Or no, or would you just watch from home? Like, would you travel with me or no?
0: I mean, if my situation allowed me to, yeah. I freaking love be. hockey more than I it'd, love myself.
1: It'd, it'd be fun.
0: <laughs> like, what? Um, Frank, the Memorial Cup is going on right now. The Seattle Thunderbirds, the Peterborough Peets, the Quebec Remparts, and the Kamloops Blazers are all um, invited. Obviously, Kamloops got the automatic bid for being the host city, and then the Peterborough Peets, Seattle Thunderbirds, and Quebec Remparts. One, their championship of their respective OHL league, the CH, or the OHL, the QMJHL, and the WHL. Um, the Seattle Thunderbirds will represent the WHL. The Peterborough Peets will represent the um, OHL. And the Quebec Ramparts will represent the QMJHL. What is your thoughts?
1: I got to admit, I don't follow the Memorial Cup very often. But I'm pulling for the Seattle Thunderbirds for the Blackhawks' sake. They got three prospects, so I, I hope they pull it out. Interestingly enough, they have the most NHL-drafted players on their team, with 10, which just blew my mind that they're the most deep NHL prospect team in the Memorial Cup, and they're the only team in the Memorial Cup that have never taken home the trophy. So I'm predicting them to win. I- I'm going to ride with them for my the Blackhawks' sake. Um, every team has a ton of scoring depth which is really what's going to make the Memorial Cup so exciting this year, I think. So lots of NHL prospects to watch, which is always fun because one day these guys may be on your favorite team.
0: Absolutely. I love the Memorial Cup. I've been getting more and more into it as I got into college hockey as well. Um, I can't wait to see who wins. Um, I'm also pluraling for the Seattle Thunderbirds. I'd love to see Kevin Korchinski enter Blackhawks camp next year with a Memorial Cup on his resume. That's pretty cool. Um, I used to do that Dynasty League.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: Two of the team names were the Quebec Remparts and the Kamloops Blazers.
1: What was your team name?
0: Uh, I was the Atlanta Flames. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Guy who ran the league ended up being a real dinklehead, though. He ended up booting me because he didn't like the way I ran my team. Like,
1: <laughs> why does he get to tell you how to run? I game?
0: have no idea because I was rebuilding. I traded Quinton Byfield for Luke Hughes. And, like, lo-, lo and behold, that was a fucking sick trade. <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? I got booted going into after last season.
1: That's stupid.
0: Yeah, whatever. I hate him. Um, it is what it is. Um, I probably could have been a little more active. But, like, i I've checked my lineup every day. I just didn't make all that many trades. And when I did, I thought I was dominating them. But, you know, fuck him. <laughs> um, Frank, I wanted to uh, profile a prospect quickly this week. Yeah. I did some research on Axel Sandin Palica. He's going to be the top defenseman drafted in the 2023 NHL draft. I wrote a piece for DewindyCity.com about – you know him, and how I think the Blackhawks could trade up for him. They have four second round picks and the nineteenth overall pick, and we talked about it with Mitchkov last week, moving up to get him if he fell. Well, you could also use two you could use two seconds in that nineteen to move up to ten and say, take Axel Sandin Polika. What I found on him, the offensive zone entries for a defenseman are outstanding, which can really help you on the power play. But it could also help you on, you know, at even strength if your forwards are smart and know what they're doing. Um, I think his ability to exit the zone is also impressive. He could skate. He could pass. He could make stretch passes. And we saw the Blackhawks win three stra- Stanley Cups on the back of stretch passes. Yep. Um, I honestly think Keith and Seabrook are two of the best stress pa- stretch pass defensemen I've ever seen. They even found a way to, like... F- the only one who really couldn't do it was Yalmerson. I mean, literally everyone on the back end was making stretch passes. Oh, do ya. Michael Roosevelt even had a couple nice stretch passes. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't all that good at defending. But, you know, the only one who sucked was Yalmerson at making passes. He was a very good defensive defenseman. Um, one of the best in Blackhawks history. Um, but, I mean, he also – he can dangle. He can skate. His hands are super nifty. I like this kid, Frank. Yeah, yeah. it's not a huge defensive draft.
1: You know, I did my research on the guy as well. He's probably not only the best defenseman, but he's the best offensive defenseman in this year's draft. The only problem, he lacks a little size and strength. He's 5'11", 181 pounds, but his smaller size makes him more mobile, and he has great control of the puck, like you said, which is one of the reasons as to why he's so good offensively. Great puck passer, great puck passer. I really can't speak today. Great puck passer, which is one of the more underrated skills a defenseman can have because think of all the elite plays that lead to goals from a defenseman's great pass. Um, But he is a guy who relies more on offense than defense, which makes him a threat on the power play as well. Maybe on the power play, you see him act more like a winger than he would a defenseman, which is why you have two defensemen out there. And he kind of run, uh, run a 4-1, but with two defensemen. But that defenseman, like Sandin, kind of works as an offensive player as well. I know you talked about trading up from him, but I think you could get lucky at 19. I think he's going anywhere from 14 to 20 in the draft. So if he were to fall, it wouldn't be shock to me at 19. Um, but this is also a guy that's not going to be a top two defenseman, probably be top four, find him on the second line pairing. Um, especially with Korchinski on the team, Korchinski will be on the first line. I could see if the Hawks were to draft him, he'd fall to the the second defensive pairing, but, um, he's probably going to go to anyone of Pittsburgh, Nashville, Calgary, Detroit, Winnipeg, Chicago, Seattle, right in there. What are you trading up? secure him yeah absolutely but i think you could get lucky enough and not trade up and get to him too depends the needs in front of the hawks what do they need do they need an offensive defenseman it all depends what they're they're thinking about but it's very possible he falls to 19
0: i would take him fifth
1: wow i don't know about that
0: i studied i've been studying dude Fifth, and my 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 eyeballs are telling me he's fifth i i i I see him getting drafted five to ten that's why I brought up the trading up. Mm-hmm. I'd be, If he fell to 19 and you're Kyle Davidson, you run to the stage. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> just to make sure that nothing else comes bad out about your organization and your pick get taken away in the next five minutes, you <laughs> run to the stage. I, five, fifth. I would rank him fifth in the draft. Yeah. He, I, I just I like the skating. I like the hands. I like the shiftiness, the stretch passing for zone exits, the ability to gain a zone, you know, using his skating or his smartness. Yeah, I think
1: he drops though, because of his size, the lack of size.
0: And that annoys the F out of me, if that and, were and, true.
1: And teams want a guy with size on defense. Now, he well, could build and grow muscle. Obviously, that'll happen. But for right now, I think that he's going to fall. I don't think he goes inside the top 10.
0: I just, I look at Spurgeon on the Minnesota Wild. He's literally their captain now. Little undersized height wise, but he's just so smart and so skilled. And Sandine Polika is a better skater than Spurgeon ever was. So, like, I just, I think very highly of him. I think I would go Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Mitchkov, Sandine Palika. Wow. 100%. Hundred percent. Like if he's sitting there when the Flyers come up to pick at seven, like what are we even doing here, Philly? Like I, I it should just be a no-brainer. I like I think so highly of defensemen. I honestly, th- and that's another thing. I only think four defensemen are going to go in the first round: the two Russians, um, Sandine, and then there's an Austrian kid. Who's gonna go in the middle? Uh, Neubacher or something like that. I wrote about him. I wrote three defensemen not named Sandine that the Hawks should consider at nineteen, and it was this other kid I'm thinking of. It's these three in this article, and then Sandine that I think will be Gulyaev <laughs> is the one of the Russians. Simashev is the other Russian. And then, yeah, David Reinbacher. He's from Austria. I would go those three and this kid. Those are the four that are locks to go in the first round. One might tail end the first round, you know, if a team overdrafts one. But I just – I love this kid. I was watching video. I was like, how do I get him on the Devils? How do the Devils get this kid? They don't have a first round pick. No, of course not. I'm high on him, Frank. I'm high on him. Thomas Gates says,
1: You guys are both 100% positive Kyle won't bring back Canner. Yeah, yeah, I'm 100% positive.
0: I couldn't be more positive. I think Kane has a better chance to go play for Ska in St. Petersburg than he does for the Chicago Blackhawks. I agree. Um, Yeah, good stuff, though. Obviously, good player. Going to impact. He team. is a good player. If He came to the Hawks and was on their second pair because Korchinski is so good. And you also have Del Mastro. Exactly. And. You know, some other guys, I think they like what they saw from Ian Mitchell even at the end of this season. You know, we'll see if he sticks around or if he ends up leaving. But um, I I don't agree with people who say they can't draft too many defensemen in this draft because they've used heavy capital on that before. They said the same freaking thing when they drafted Boquist and Yoki Haru in back-to-back years. Well, you traded Yoki Haru for a bad player in Alex Nylander. And you traded Boquist, who sucks, make no mistake. But you traded Boquist, who you drafted over Evan Bouchard and Keandre Miller and Ty Smith and a bunch of other guys. Dumb. So dumb. I hate Stan Bowman to this day. I would call him and fire him again if I were (laughs) Rockworks. Um, Just so boneheaded. But you traded him for Seth Jones. So, like, if that's the reason you didn't draft Bowen Byram third overall in 2019, like, Bowen Byram would be on their top pair right now. The only reason he's not on Colorado's top pair is because Kale McCarr is there. It took Kale McCarr being on the team for Bowen Byram to not end up being a team's number one. And, like, they lucked into the Blackhawks and Rangers being dumb and not taking him in 2019. Because Jack Hughes, nobody's arguing that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, oh my God! Defense can't win without it. Got that? Cannot right. win without it. Um, Frank, the 2024 NHL Stadium Series has been announced. Yes. At MetLife Stadium in February of 2024, the New Jersey Devils are going to host the Philadelphia Flyers, and then one day later, the New York Rangers are going to play the New York Islanders. Are
1: you excited? Hell
0: yeah! Hell yeah! hell yeah rangers
1: and islanders are meeting again they met once before outside where the rangers took it two to one and actually rangers are undefeated in outdoor games i don't know if you knew that but they they beat the devils in 2014 and then they beat the islanders and now the devils this time around will be a lot different more exciting team than they were back then so what do you think about it you
0: excited I am excited. Yarmir Yager had three assists for the Devils in that game against the Rangers at Yankee Stadium. Patrick Elias had two goals, and Travis Zajac had the third goal. Um, Marty Brodeur gave up, like, four goals in the second period, and the Rangers took a 6-3 to lead. Um, And then they put in Corey Schneider to start the third because they went Schneider-Brodeur every other game that year. Mm -hmm. Even though they should have started Schneider the whole year, they might have made the playoffs. But – They, you know, he, they put him in, he gave up a penalty shot goal, which like lots of goalies give up penalty shot goals. Nobody faulted him for that, but the devils lost the game. They weren't good. They weren't good at all. And you know, now the the, things are different and they're going to play Philly who might have one of the more interesting off seasons ahead, but I'm just excited that the devils will be on the national stage again. You know, we saw a little bit of it when they were the primetime game, every game against the Rangers in the first round. And now they got this game against the Flyers. The world will be reminded about Jack Hughes and Nico Escher and whoever it is they bring in. I'm just stoked that, like, the current Devils are must-see TV, that they got to put them in a stadium series game. It's big. And I would love to see. I could see it now. Either Wrigley or Soldiers. 2028 Stanley or er, winter classic between Connor Bedard's Blackhawks and Jack Hughes's devils. You think so? It's possible. I do think it's possible because they had the Hawks play Washington. That's not a rivalry. I think but. it's more. We see the Hawks versus ducks. That would be cool too. That would be cool too. You make that a stadium series in California so that everybody could be nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it. What do you think? I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, it's great, especially because the Devils are, will be more exciting this time around. I mean, they should pound the Flyers, right? But it's an outdoor game, so you never know. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to outdoor games. You know, it's, it's always a nice scene. And then we got the beautiful Kraken versus Vegas Winter Classic. I mean, we're going to have some good outdoor games next year. It should be a lot of fun. Absolutely.
0: It's going to be so fun. We're going to have to watch that Winter Classic together.
1: Oh, I can't wait.
0: I know. I don't believe we'll be watching the Devil's Flyers game together, though. You're going to go? Unless you come to New Jersey. Are you going to go to it? (laughs) I think I am.
1: Well, we're not going to be watching the Winter Classic unless you come to Seattle.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I still think me, you, and Tom should get in a car and go to Nashville for one night. (laughs) We should rent a car and go for the draft. Oh. I'd rather spend more than one night. Well, I and you know what I tweaked. That's when the wedding is. It's that Saturday that I have to be back and to get to leave for Wisconsin. Oh, see. So That's I already, I already, I already, yeah. You're it's more than a there. month, but I, but I was right about having three Wisconsin trips in um, more like two weeks. Yeah, it's Just three Wisconsin way. trips in two weeks. Four Wisconsin trips in a month. That's what it is. Um, but yeah. I would love me, you and Tom one uh, on the Thursday or I think, no, it might be a Wednesday. We rent a car. We drive to Nashville. We see the draft. We check into our hotel. We come home the next day. All business, all hockey business. We could record our show from there. He could be a guest on it. I I, I have this vision and we should talk about that. We really should. Okay. Um, you go, I've been to the you've been to the draft. That's right. Yeah, we we're at. You're, the you're wearing the damn hat from it. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, I would love to go see Bedard get drafted in person. Um, and I, th- I get an odd feeling the Devils trade back into the first round because Tom Fitzgerald made like a a little comment about that being a possibility. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Um, Frank, your favorite hockey story of the week. If you steal mine, we're gonna punch you in the face does
1: it have to do (laughs) why do i have a feeling it? it might be does it have to do with matthew kachuk no okay well you're gonna really think this story's funny then so back in high school matthew kachuk went to school with jason tatum they were classmates together i don't know if you heard about this this is actually really funny And they went to high school at Chaminade Chaminade Prep in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Well, there's this video on YouTube that Jason Tatum created with Matthew Kachuk, and they're high schoolers. They're the boneheaded high schoolers, you know, that laugh and giggle at the silly things. Like, they remind us, like, they reminded me of, like, when we were in high school and, like, your typical high school kids. And there's a 23 second YouTube video on why they decided to go to Shamanade Prep High School. And in the YouTube video, like I said, they're just both goofy. Matthew Kachuk's got that dumb look on his face that he still has today. And yeah, he's like, he does a little dance in the background, and he's like just being goofy Matthew Kachuk, which I assume the video was from when he was a freshman. So he's at the prime of high school because he actually left his after his freshman year to play for the U.S. National Development Team. So I assume that video was when he was a freshman. So they're really young. And it's just – it was just funny. I just love, like – it reminded us of, like, what we would do. And they're just goofy, dumb teenagers just, like, you should watch it. It's 23 seconds. It was just hilarious. And – They're just being typical high school kids. I mean, there's really not much to this story, but it's funny because they both went to school together and now they're both in the conference finals, the Eastern Conference Finals of their respective team. Jason Tatum averaged nearly 30 points in his senior year. He went on to win a state championship while also being named the 2016 Gatorade National Player of the Year. And like I said, Matthew Kachuk went to play for the U.S. development team and here they are today, both elite players and both excelling but it was funny to see that side of them because while we both look at as at them as like these you know these stars and the sports that they played they're just some goofy teenagers back in high school and it was really funny to watch
0: yeah now they're just a couple of goofy 20 year olds yeah you know like uh, that is a cool story i did not know that do you know why matthew kachuk and brady do you know like why are they from st louis what a random place for a couple nhl guys to be from cuz of keith keith was playing for the blues yeah. He was a blue. So that's where that all comes from. That's pretty Fine. cool.
1: Fine.
0: Mine was the reason I was going to be mad if you stole mine was because I actually went to this restaurant when I was in New York. Okay. I had a sandwich last time I went to New York, which was last December. I went and ate a sandwich from Cats Deli. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most delightful sandwiches i've ever had it was fat it was meaty Mm -hmm. it was delicious and i was able to eat it because i it was so delicious i was so full because all we were doing we we got a slice from just about every spot we could i probably had close to 30 slices over the weekend that i was in new york like i try to get full enjoyment out of my vacations that i take Mm -hmm. i did in new york Like, with especially with the food. And I ate at Cat's Deli. And -hmm. all of a sudden, the other day, I get a notification on my phone about how the Stanley Cup, the World Series Trophy, and the MLS Trophy were all eating lunch together at Cat's Deli in New York. Oh, no. And I was like, that's so cool. Because Cat's Deli, Frank, what I thought, you would love it. I legitimately think me, you g katie joey we should all be going to new york at some point and that would be a must stop for us i'm mad joey left before i was able. we were able to get him to cats because you know he was on that trip to new york with us Mm -hmm. and we need to get him and you to cats deli and we'll go to like a rangers devils game or something again and like wow so delicious so delicious but the Stanley Cup got to enjoy it. That's cool. And this last weekend, because I had been there before and I understood why it was, you know, so big for the Stanley Cup to go there. That'd have been funny if I stole your pick. Yeah, because like you, you hadn't been there before. Like your pick, uh, like, really? oh, it would have been like, oh, the cup and the World Series trophy and the MLS trophy were eating lunch together. Like that's a cool story in and of itself. But I've been to Cad's that is cool. That is and like, cool. oh. It's
1: always nice when a story relates to your personal experience.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, Frank, that's all the hawk I got for you. You know, it's the conference final. We broke it down pretty heavy. Um, we went through the news and notes of the NHL. We're still in the soft portion of the offseason because the last two rounds are still going on, but you could tell. And this happens every year. And those mm-hmm. of you, Tom, Thomas, all of you guys watching in the chat or listening in the chat, you know that every year during the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals, little rumors start to fly or like little business decisions are made, like hiring Keith Jones or firing Dubas. Yep. It feels like an explosion. is just been, like the volcano is marinating right now. Like volcano nachos. Literally. which are coming back and I'm pretty sure the volcano menu is returning for the summer Um, for like the first time in like 15 years. All right. I think not positive, but that's what Dylan said. And Dylan has Taco Bell enthusiast in his Twitter bio. Um, And the volcano is going to explode. The second Gary hands that Stanley cup to the captain of the winning team. And uh, the Maple Leafs are going to be heavily involved. There's something huge is going to happen with the Maple Leafs. Something will happen with the Maple Leafs where our jaws hit the floor. I do believe that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the Penguins, what are they going to do? Do they trade Malkin? Okay, does Crosby get traded? Does he become an avalanche? I think the avalanche are going to make a huge addition this summer. I could see them trying to go for Taves if he doesn't retire to be their 3C. I could see them going for Patrick Kane to play on the second line. Um, you know, because they're going to be missing Landis He's on LTIR. The Avalanche all of a sudden have all this cap space because 9 mil just hit the LTIR, you know. So they they can pretty freely spend this offseason based on the team that they have, and I think they're going to. So, like, all these things are just getting ready to explode. Uh-huh. Uh, I could see the Avalanche trading for Taylor Hall from if the Bruins start shedding some cap. You know, there are all sorts of ways that, you know, this this league is going to be put in a black hole and I am freaking here for it. So it's although it's a low news right now, all these little news like the Winnipeg rumor we talked about, the Penguins rumor, the you know, the draft is coming up. We profiled the prospect here. That's going to cause chaos around the league. Um, But yeah, really quick. Speaking of chaos, I saw and I said I was going to touch on it later. This is it. Actually, I'll use that for my period three bullet point that I had, actually. So we will send it to the period where we like to talk freely, period number three. All right, Frank, since I alluded to it, we'll start with the tell me something interesting. I wrote down on the thing, tell yeah, me something took, interesting.
1: Took my damn thing. I, I thought it was so cool.
0: It. Yeah. Well, you could mention it again because an hour and a half has gone by since that moment. Um, my thing. Buddy fucking Robinson, that fucking asshole that is all of a sudden loved, loved, because the Pittsburgh Penguins would have gotten destroyed by the Bruins. I think they would have swept them. They stunk. They were so bad at the end of the year. They were terrible. They were getting nothing. And because Buddy fucking Robinson broke a 1-1 tie with nine minutes left in the third period. And then the Penguins ended up scoring like another empty or two empty netters. They ended up winning the game um, five to one, I think, or five to two. But like Buddy Robinson is the reason the Penguins lost that game. Buddy, Because of that, the Hawks won the lottery because the team with the third most pin lottery balls won. The Florida Panthers made the playoffs over the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, the Penguins missed the playoffs and ended their 15-year consecutive streak. And the Florida Panthers made the playoffs, upset the Bruins, upset the Maple Leafs, are about to upset the Carolina Hurricanes to return to the Stanley Cup final. And because Buddy Robinson stole that goal, or scored that goal, the Montreal Canadiens aren't getting from Pittsburgh a top 15 pick in the draft in a generational draft where a kid as good as Axel Sandin Palica could be sitting there. They don't get the pick. Buddy fucking Robinson changed the course of four franchises by scoring one measly goal in game 82 against the Penguins. Good. That's our
1: guy. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Bedard.
0: When Neb Bedard, Habs would have a top 15 pick in a generational draft. He deserves a jersey. Penguins would be going to the playoffs instead of the Panthers. That's four franchises altered by Buddy Robinson.
1: See, he deserves, maybe I need to get a jersey now.
0: I think Tom should get the jersey. Tom loves jerseys of guys who are no longer on the team. And I, I just think a Buddy Robinson jersey would be perfect for him because you well, get he, you get the Buddy Robinson jersey and the Bedard jersey. You splurge a little bit. You get both. Well,
1: he doesn't necessarily like guys that are not on the team. It's just because every guy he gets leaves the team,
0: and that's why it would be funny to get Buddy Robinson because then it's like the full circle.
1: He can't get Bedard until he's officially on the team because he'll get him, and then they won't draft him, and draft then Fantilli, and then. uh <laughs> Then we have to burn all his jerseys. That's just what it comes to.
0: Yeah, no. If if Kyle Davidson, that's career suicide. I legit think that's career suicide. You, that's, you think he's gone? If that,
1: didn't draft, that's
0: his. That's that's fire. That is fired on the spot. You know how Lovey Smith got fired the right like within two hours of winning that game that gave the Bears the first overall pick. Oh, yeah. And like, if he just wouldn't have been a stubborn asshole the the frickin Houston Texans would have had their choice of quarterback. You know they probably would have Bryce Young instead of CJ huh. Stroud. Like that, I. The, it's not happening. There's a zero percent chance. <laughs> I legit think zero percent. The only thing is the jersey number. We don't know what jersey number he's gonna wear. Although. If someone handed me $300 and said, I have to use it on a Bedard jersey right now. And you have to guess what number he's wearing. And if I say, well, can I just wait? They tell me, no, I have to do it right now or never. I would go with 98. Interesting. I wish it was 17. I hope it's 17. I pray. I'll pray for you. I doubt it's going to be, but I hope it is. 98, 16, 17. That's my power ranking of potential Bedard numbers. Um, Thomas says, guys, I dove deep into the lottery odds and I was there in Taves' last game. If his breakaway in OT that inches away from scoring, we dropped to fourth. Flyers scored 20 seconds later and the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, tch, wow. That's actually yeah, nuts. That's,
1: I I've thought about that too, yeah we would have been fourth. Yep. Everything happens for a reason.
0: I wanted them to lose that game really bad too. Had to be done. It had to be done. Um, Foster's back. What up, Foster? Glad you're back. Um, Frank, update me on the NBA. Well, you, uh, know. you never told me your thing interesting. Even well,
1: I I yeah, you stole it. I mean, I because I thought of it on my own, and I didn't even think, like, I didn't see it all over internet or anything. The NBA Eastern Conference Final and Western Conference Final and the NHL Eastern Conference Final and Western Conference Final all had a series that went 3-0. And I was going to say I was guessing that this is the first time ever, and you said it was because you stole my story. And uh I just thought that was interesting because, like, that is extremely rare. It's hard to go up 3-0 on anybody, let alone happen in every series in the NBA and the NHL in the same round. That is unbelievable, and it blew my mind. And I thought I was smart because I didn't see it on the Internet, and I thought I came up with it on my own. And then you dropped the bombshell, so you ruined it. So thank you for that. I'll update you on the NBA now because I'm sad and salty. So
0: Breaking news, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater has been announced.
1: Cool. Yeah, the PlayStation showcase is going on right now, which I'm I'm excited to see what kind of news. So anytime you get some news, let me know. I got some people keeping me updated. I'm very excited about that. Tom says, Vinny, did you see the penis ring?
0: Did he text it to me? I going to assume so. Yes, he did. Did he <laughs> you- <laughs> <laughs> That is a little old chode, isn't it? <laughs> Here, for those of you watching, uh, audio listeners, imagine an onion ring with a little ween in the middle of it. <laughs> that is a freaking little guy.
1: Now, anytime we see an onion <laughs> ring like that or anything sticking out of the middle, he calls it a penis ring.
0: Yep, that's outstanding. Um, He still has
1: got it yep. in his room in
0: a case. That's a penis. Ring. Yep, that's Hawks. a
1: penis. Anyway, I'm going <laughs> to update you on the NBA. The Doug- Denver Nuggets sweep the Los Angeles Lakers. How about for that, LOL, LeBron? Comment back a couple weeks ago. LeBron's no more. Nuggets look real good. Like, real good. The Miami Heat held a 3 nothing lead over the Boston Celtics. Celtics stormed out strong during Game 4 VP to keep their season alive and now trail the series 3-1. to It's never happened, right? NBA teams down three on a series have have a record, I mean, of 0 in 150.
0: The NBA is the only league.
1: It's never happened in the NBA. If there's a year and a team to do it, it's the Boston Celtics against a play-in team like the Miami Heat. It is – I mean, now it goes back to Boston where – Celtics are very heavily favored. If it gets to Game Seven, I think the momentum and being on home ice, the Heat are cooked. It's bound to happen eventually. Just like a 16 seed was bound to beat a one seed in March Madness, it's bound to happen eventually. If there's a year to do it, it feels like this is the team the Boston Celtics would do it. Um, yeah. So you know both. Play-in teams have made it to the conference finals after never winning a series before, which was just unbelievable, except now the Lakers are out, and we're going to see if the Miami Heat could hold on. But in other interesting news, I know you're familiar with Carmelo Anthony. He announced his retirement after 19 seasons. He will retire as the number nine scorer in NBA history and will become a Hall of Famer down the road. I am sure of that. Absolutely. And also speaking of retirement, LeBron James is considering retirement. I think he's a load of full of shit, everything, whatever you want to call it. I think it's BS because he said he wants to play with his son, Bronny, at some point before he retires. And Bronny is slated to be drafted during the 2024 offseason. So I don't know if he's just trying to get a little conversation about him in the news, but I don't think there is any way that he retires this year. He will definitely play with his son at some point.
0: I'll be
1: stunned. I think he's just full of shit. I just think he wants the limelight a little bit.
0: Yeah, there's no way.
1: He wants the 0-4 being swept, taken away by him saying he's considering a uh, retirement.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, No way LeBron retires. Um, LeBron, he's going to play one year at USC, come to the NBA. LeBron will play one more and then be done at age 40. I don't even really think. he's. Let me ask you this. Do you think there are twenty two players in the NBA better than LeBron James right now? Probably not. You don't think you could name twenty two players that are better than LeBron James right now? I don't know. You think so? You think No, I don't. I, I well yeah. I fair think fair. I would <laughs> struggle to name twenty. So twenty two, like
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't think there is.
0: So at age 38 years old, then you believe LeBron James is better than 95% of the NBA?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why he would retire or even say that.
0: Yeah. Stupid comment. 100%. Stupid comment, I don't know. I do like a good showman. And that's exactly what LeBron James is. Just makes him look like a clown. Maybe. You're right. But I'm a LeBron apologist. I don't love him but like I hate people that hate him. So like Is he the GOAT? um, I think he's the most talented player of all time but he's not the GOAT. It's a very similar discussion to basketball for to football for me. Tom Brady is not the most talented football of all time but he is the GOAT. Okay. Peyton Manning had a better arm or Peyton Manning had a better brain Aaron Rodgers has a better arm. Brett Favre had a more explosive arm. Patrick Mahomes is a more all-around talent than Tom Brady. But Tom Brady was great at everything. He was just the master of none. But he was the master of winning. And that's the GOAT. I feel that way about Michael Jordan. LeBron James was probably better at defending. He's probably a more magnificent athlete. Um, He certainly has less of a gambling problem. But like, he wasn't as mean, he wasn't as fierce, he wasn't as, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say he wasn't as competitive. I think they were equally as competitive. But Michael Jordan might even have him on that. So that's how I feel about it. I think LeBron is two. I would put LeBron James two. Which people probably disagree with that, but. Fair. I think both Curry and Duran are top ten. Absolutely. So, I don't know. That's my – oh, and my thought on NBA, I do think it will happen eventually. It could be this year's Celtics. It's happened once in baseball, and it's happened uh, four times in the NHL. It can't happen in football because they only play one playoff game per round. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's bound to happen at some point. Um, This could be the year. This could be the year, 100%. And in baseball, it happened for the first time in 100 years for a Boston team. The See, it's bound
1: to happen. I mean, yeah. it's never just going to be 0 for a billion.
0: No. No, I actually thought a 16 seed beating a one seed would never happen. I thought I would die without that happening. And now it's happened twice. <laughs> so did it happen twice? Didn't it happen this last year? No, I don't think so. The 16th, what, did it? I thought it happened this it last it, year. Oh, yeah. G says, it did. yeah. It did happen this year. And then it happened to... No, it happened before. It happened to Virginia. It happened this like, year? It happened in... Here, I'm I'm looking it up now. Who was it? Um. Oh, it did happen this year, I think. History of one seed versus 16 seed. Top seeds own a 152 all-time record. Yeah. FDU beat Purdue in 2023. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, what are they called? Um, UMBC beat Virginia in 2018.
1: Yeah. So it's happened twice now.
0: Well, Virginia, those- Virginia went on to win it ne- the following year. I'm fucking picking Purdue to win the whole thing next year. Then <laughs> Holy shit. History repeating itself. Oh, I have to. And at least one of my brackets, I'm picking Purdue to win it next year. You're going to you- forget by that time. No, I'm not. Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> Oh, I promise you I'm not. I don't forget these things. I'm the sports guy.
1: If these teams continue, these teams are getting better each year. So it's going to happen again. A 16 seed will be the one seed. I'll never predict it. I don't think. Never say never. Maybe I'll feel gutsy one year and do it. But it's going to happen in the NBA. And I I really think if there's a team to do it, it's the Boston Celtics, who I still think are a favorite to win the
0: NBA championship. I really do. Are they going back to Boston, or does the NBA do 2-3-2? Two, two?
1: It's the same as the NHL, so they're going back to Boston. The NBA used to
0: do 2-3-2. Two, two.
1: The MLB does 2-3-2. Two, two. I
0: thought the MLB changed, too. Did they change? I know they used I to. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, one is the best. So do I. If I was a commissioner, that's how my league The only was. reason
1: why you do 2-3-2 two, two is to save on travel.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think it also gives the home seed an advantage, an now, Even even bigger pretty advantage. Sure the
1: MLB is 2 3 2 still. I can't imagine them traveling for one day in the MLB. Maybe. It's 2 2 1 for the best of five. I know that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, speaking of MLB, what are your thoughts? Socks are hot. Don't let the socks get hot. They are hot, but they're still in a hole. You know, Garrett
1: Cole reached 2,000 Ks. Sir. Fastest to reach that feat. Mike Trout, while we're talking about other feats, hit his 361st career home run, which ties him with Hall of Famer Joe DiMaggio for 85th all time. Hey. And talk about another team that's really cooking are your Orioles VP. Orioles have been fun to watch lately. They're what I was kind of hoping that the Cubs or the Mariners would be like. The Mariners just still sitting at five hundred. Believe they're twenty four and twenty-four. But the Orioles, man, they they're cooking right now. Cedric Mullins has been great. Um, yeah, that whole team and they debuted their city connect uniforms, which are really nice, simple black Jersey with lettering that pops out. I love them. I love them a lot. I don't know if you've seen them yet. Oh, I have. If anybody in the chat hasn't seen them yet, I like it. I would buy a Jersey, their city connect jerseys. Um, and their hat, their city connect hat's really cool too. So
0: yeah, that's really it. Um, Foster says socks hot, but need to win 10 in a row to be 500. Um, I don't like 10-game winning streaks. I think they're bad for you because you win 10 in a row, then when you lose that one, you come down from that Cubs high and lose four chance. in a row. I agree. Cubs are blo- the White Sox are better than the Cubs now, I think. I know. Um, Could be. I never thought I'd say that this season, but I do think it's true now. They're just clicking. Kopech, dominant again today. Seven innings, no runs, nine strikeouts. Last time was eight innings, no runs, ten strikeouts. So the last two games – 15 innings, 19 strikeouts, zero earned runs. Unbelievable. Can't wait to see him go against the Angels on Monday. Trout and Otani. Oof. it's going to be sick. I literally cannot wait for that. Um, nice little day, Memorial Day game that I'll be able to enjoy. Um, what was I going to say? The the Sox and the Cubs are what they are. We'll get to them on Crosstown Crosstalk on Thursday. Make sure you tune in. I don't have a for sure time for you yet, but I it'll be happening on Thursday. Um The Yankees are climbing. They've been fun to watch lately. I yeah. like what the I like what the Red Sox have been doing this season, but the Angels have been kind of taking it to them this year or this week. But I'm with you on the Orioles. Last year they were like my team that I was kind of yeah. hitching a ride on. I think I'm I think i I'm still on that. Because like they're just fun to watch. Adley Rushman's the best catcher in the game. Um, they're young, <laughs> they're exciting. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I do. I would probably. Yeah, I would take Rushman first overall, catcher-wise. Okay. Um. I, hey, I like Buddy in Seattle. I think Alejandro Kirk's a really good hitter. Cal Raleigh from Seattle. Ca- yeah, Cal Raleigh from Seattle. He's, he's outstanding been hot yeah. I
1: picked him up in fantasy because he's been really hot lately. Hell yeah! My I mean,
0: kind of sucked. Yeah, um, Gone are the days of Grendahl and Wilson Contreras being the two best catchers in the league. Um, Will Smith in L.A. I mean, baseball's got a lot going on right now. Do Is Otani going to get traded? Who's, we're going to start seeing all-star ballots here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Who's the Cubs all-star right now, in your opinion? Well, probably, probably Nico Horner. It's Probably Horner, or could Horner's it be Swanson? I'd give it to Horner. Okay. That's Cody Bollinger
1: was hot there for a while, but he's injured. But, yeah, Horner, yeah, he's been lights up. His first game back, he had four RBIs.
0: Yeah, that's true. If they would have freaking had, you know, stupid Jed Hoyer, if he had morale up from the beginning, you never know. Home runs in five straight games. Yeah. I mean, what was he doing in Iowa for five weeks? What was he doing in Iowa for five yeah. weeks? I don't understand. I hate stupidity. I hate it. And stupidity hates you. It does, because it avoids <laughs> me at all costs.
1: Foster agrees Nico. It's gotta be Nico. He's yeah. in the hot hand lately. What about
0: the White Sox?
1: I I don't know.
0: It would uh, be Luis Robert Jr. Gotta be. Yeah. He's on he's pace for a him. he's been on pace for a nine war season.
1: That's insane.
0: That's like an MVP. I think Judge had 9.4 last year with 62 home runs. So, if Luis Robert Jr. could keep it up, he'll be in the MVP conversation. Um, You can argue he deserves to be the starter over Trout. It's either going to be Robert Jr. I don't know what he means by this. What were we talking about? The
1: guy in the White Sox. Is there a guy who goes by, like, money? I
0: don't know. I have no idea. Um, they, Berger also deserves like consideration, not to be a starter, but his OPS is over a thousand. That's also the like what?
1: games in Seattle this year. Excited yeah, about
0: that. That is exciting. So these, the Seattle Mariners will get a couple residual all-stars that probably Wait, is don't the winter classic in much?
1: Seattle too? Or is yeah. It in
0: Vegas? No, it's in Seattle. So we
1: got the winter classic and the all-star game.
0: Seattle's thriving as a sports town. It is. Oh, why Cubs kept him down in Iowa. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, No, because they don't have the – it's not a Chris Bryant situation with Morrell because Morrell played in Major League Baseball last season. Um, Bryant, they waited to call him up till April 15th because they wouldn't burn the extra year of arbitration. And they did that. They didn't burn the extra year. Bryant took them to court over it. And the arbitrator ruled in favor of the Cubs saying that, Bryant, you can't use court to overrule something that has been collectively bargained by the Players Association. <laughs> the fact that Bryant thought he was going to win that case was always a little bit odd to me because that the Players Association and the league collectively bargains The rules. Mm -hmm. And the rule is that if you don't play until April 15th, you're not burning an extra year of your contract. There are similar rules in the NHL. Dumbass Stan Bowman played Lucas Reichel at the end of that one year. Or no, that might have been Davidson. I hated that. I hated that. Now he has one less year on his his entry-level deal. But hockey's a little bit different because of salary caps and whatnot. The Cubs had no reason to not have Chris Bryant on their opening day roster in 2015 because they ended up trading him anyway in the year that – that extra year they got. They traded him anyway. So, like, you know, that extra year was 2021 Mm -hmm. when he got called up in 2015. And they ended up trading him anyway. So, like, how did that work out for you? All you did was strain the relationship between player and team. Mm -hmm. So, it's never – stupid. Whenever you go to arbitration or take a team to court over playing time contract issues, nothing ever good really comes from it because in arbitration, the player's trying to get X amount of money and the team's trying to get them for X amount of money. Well, it's the player telling the team why they're so good and it's the team telling the player why they don't deserve that money. Even though they know they're a good player, they have to pretend like they're not and that's how bridges get burned. This is actually really funny. (laughs) I don't get it
1: (laughs) I don't know I think it's just a fun fact I think it's really funny
0: That is really funny Your rooster must be on a leash in public There you go (laughs) I like that What if your
1: rooster Is a chicken sandwich From where You kill your rooster and turn it into a chicken sandwich
0: Oh I mean, I probably would make it a fire chicken sandwich.
1: Does it have to be on a leash?
0: No, not in public. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know, I'm just goofy.
0: Frank, why don't your goofy ass help make people some coin? In America's favorite podcast segment of the week Breaking Bets. <laughs> Where's my money, bitch? I want to know how these guys know that. Though, <laughs> like, I guess we're
1: we're not in the loop. I guess.
0: Like, how do Tom and Foster know? Like, were they in Louisiana one time and got a ticket for they're, their ch- chickens we're not both being on a, leash? In a
1: Louisiana Facebook chat together, maybe.
0: Yeah, I guess. LSU is my favorite thing out of Louisiana. Uh, go Tigers! Frank, make people their money.
1: Swept the week last week, three for
0: three.
1: 51.5%. Right, boy. Now we're seven and five in the MLB.
0: The NFL one still cracks me up. Oh, uh, we'll we'll
1: get that above five.
0: <laughs> the one is the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> Tom says because they're
0: old. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. You're not old. Foster
1: goes, hey Tom. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Oh, I love Imagine
1: it. a Foster's Tom podcast.
0: Oh yeah. Some of the discussions they'd get into. Some of the stories about the old church. Feed oh, me.
1: All right. I got four. Feed picks. Me. I got four picks for you. Two are NHL, two are MLB. We're gonna start in the NHL. And I'm gonna be taking both teams that are down three. 0 I'm gonna Carolina Hurricanes money line and the Dallas Stars money line tomorrow. Taking them separately, I could be very wrong here, but it seems like the Hurricanes are ready to explode, like I said earlier when we were discussing them. It's hard to sweep any team. And regardless of if I'm wrong or not, and there is a sweep, it, just, it seems like there's always value in the team that's down 3-0, similar to the Celtics. It was the same thing with the Celtics. I thought the same exact thing. Um, Celtics were dogs. They won. Well, Hurricanes, money lines minus 104. They're dogs. Just seems right. I mean, it just seems right. Same to say about the Stars. Stars' money line, they're the favorite, but they're minus 127. They're at home. Just seems like you just, you gotta. So we're going to roll with it. Hurricanes' money line, Stars' money line. Those will be the two hockey picks. Over in the MLB tonight, we got the Dodgers at the Braves. Gonsolin, who's having a very good year, against Elder, who's also having a very good year for the Braves. Um, I like the Braves' money line. You know, the Dodgers have exploded for eight runs in each game versus the Braves in this series. Um, Braves are one of the best teams in the league, and they're at home. And in the third game of the series, I really see them rebounding big here. Elder's on the mound, who's a very good pitcher. If there's a guy to rebound with, it's with Elder. Dodgers rely on the long ball a lot. I don't think that's going to happen too much with Elder on the mound, who has yet to give up a home run in four straight games. The last time he gave up a home run was five starts ago. So I think he could, you know... Tame this Dodgers offense a little bit, and not to mention his home, home ERA is 2.17. This is a great spot for the Braves to win. I like the Braves' money line at minus 122. And then finally, we mentioned we talked about the Cubs a little bit. The Mets play the Cubs. I'm going to do something never done before. I'm going to take the under one and a half for the first three innings. Normally do first five innings, but first three innings just seems a little better here. Sanga's pitching for the Mets. He's got a 3.77 ERA and a 144 whip. Stroman's pitching for the Cubs. He normally pitches pretty well at home. He's got a 305 ERA and a 114 whip. Both teams could be a little bit inconsistent when it comes to finding offense. And with two decent pitchers on the mound and the wind is blowing in at nearly 12 miles per hour in Chicago, I think it's worth the risk with some plus value. The under one and a half is plus 120. If you wanted to take the over, it's minus 150. I don't, I don't, there's no value there. I like the value under one and a half for the first three innings. So hopefully we go four for four, sweep the board again, and uh, we'll really get this percentage cooking.
0: Very good, Frank. Very good. Um, I hope you win everyone their money. I hope that percentage continues to creep over 51%, especially your Braves pick. I have a little bit of breaking news to share with you. If you would allow me to play this one minute and 24 second clip, go for it. They really going to throw an ad on this? Okay.
2: Tuesday night in Dallas. Stars forward Jamie Benn was assessed a major penalty and game misconduct for cross-checking Golden Knights forward Mark Stone. As the video shows, Stone pursues through the neutral zone and looks to engage. As he closes the gap, Ben chips the puck up the wall, then attempts to jump around Stone, sending him to the ice in the process. With Stone on the ice in front of him, Ben puts both hands on his stick, drops to his knees, and drives his stick into the head and neck area of Stone with force. This is cross-checking. It is important to note that Ben is in control of this player at times and makes the decision to deliver a forceful cross-check to a prone player. This is simply an unnecessarily dangerous decision by Ben, and it is delivered with sufficient intent and force to merit supplemental discipline. To summarize, this is cross-checking. Ben has been fined four times during his 1,030-game NHL career. The Department of Player Safety has suspended Jamie Ben for the club's next two playoff or regular season games.
0: Damn! They dropped the hammer on Jamie Ben for that stupid... Dummy McDumb. And he technically got suspended for three games because he was thrown out a minute and 30 seconds into Uh the last game. (laughs) I like Jamie
1: Ben too. I like
0: Jamie Ben. He won the art roster. Foster used to go to jail for cross-checking. Damn it, Foster. I mean, two games regardless of if it's playoffs. So if they get swept, no Capitan for the Dallas Stars on opening day in October. That's I don't it. think they're getting swept. Well, they hope not. Jay, if anyone hopes they at least throw it to a game five, <laughs> it's Jamie Ben, so he could just go about his off season normally. No, it's G. <laughs> Poor yeah. G. Poor G. Stars stink. Welcome to the club. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, they made it farther than the Devils. But the Devils won the Stanley Cup in 2003 over the Stars, so that's okay. Um, no, oh three was the Ducks. Oh, 2000 You're was the Stars. Right? 2000 was the Stars, sorry. The, the Stars were trying to repeat. The Stars won the Cup in 99 and they were trying to repeat and the Devils said, no, no, no. They said not today. Not today. Um, Yeah, Jamie, Ben, two games. It's fair. It's fair. Absolutely. If you drive your stick through somebody's jawbone. You're probably going to get suspended. Like when you purposely grab your stick like this and you parry it through someone's fucking face. <laughs> yeah, she probably shouldn't do that. see you. Yeah. Well, that's a fun way to end the show. Jamie Ben getting the Hamadan thrown on him. So, what a show!
1: What a show! Good show.
0: I um, like the in-depth breakdown of the conference finals. That's fun, and I can't wait for an even nerdier, dirtier breakdown of the Stanley Cup final one week from today.
1: Foster's calling out Tom.
0: Yep. I'd I would. would, oh, I would and... I'd put it on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> it would go on the big screen. I wouldn't even watch that shit on my phone or the t- or the computer. That would be going on the big screen. From beginning to end. Yep. Yep. I just need stories. I need I needed. I need a swift breakdown of the Bears' defensive line this year. I want to hear about Shohei Otani's weighted runs created plus. Talked about between these two. Like, <laughs> I needed to get real down and dirty. Um But, yeah. We'll see what happens. Good show, Frank. It was a good show. Absolutely. Well, I hope everybody tunes in to Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. I don't know the time for sure, but it's going to happen. Um... And then, you know, South Burbs, Hitman on Monday night. I feel bad for Mike North because he keeps having to do episodes on the Barroom Network of somebody big just died mm-hmm. because he every time somebody big dies, he does an episode for them. And mm-hmm. he just did one for Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jim Brown, one of the NFL's all-time greatest players. I did a book report on Jim Brown when I was in elementary school. Um well, now he started recording one for T- Tina Turner. She Tina Turner away. died? She passed away today at the age of 83 yeah. years old. So RIP Tina Turner, an American musician legend. Um, shout wow. out to her and her family. 83 years old. We leave you on that. And make sure you tune into all the great programming here at the Barroom Network while reading all of my stuff and Frankie's stuff at fansided.com. Talk to you guys later. Frank, as always, we say...
1: Thank you for listening. You really caught me off guard there, VP.
0: You went quick. (laughs) I kept it short and sweet and said, read our stuff at Fansided instead of going through the 90,000 websites between the two of us. Thank you.